Blog Talk Radio. are moving on up, all the way up to number 15 in the AP poll, as they head into an off week with a 3-0 record after dispatching Appalachian State over the weekend. The complete dominance on Miami's first road trip of the 2016 season grabbed the attention of voters in the national polls. Now the order of business is to stay there with the next challenge in 11 days at Georgia Tech. Tonight, as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live, We will talk about where the Hurricanes have been and where they might be going and everything in between. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest two to three hours, whatever's needed, in Hurricane Sports. In a pretty exciting week for the Hurricanes, they unveiled new uniforms on Monday, and on Friday, they're going to unveil their plans for a new indoor practice facility that will change the face of the football program. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in. You know the drill. You call 646-595-2048. You hit the number 1 on your keypad. That sends us a prompt. We know you want to come on the show, and we will bring you on in the order that you land in the queue, and I'm going to give you a little hint before I move on here with our opening segment. There's a very familiar guy who's number one on the, in the queue for another week, anxiously waiting to come on Kane Sport Live. But first, as always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here is some of what they came up with. When is cornerback Adrian Colbert going to be back? Has Manny Diaz ever faced an option offense like what Georgia Tech 
will throw at him next week. Through the first three games, what position group has surprised the most positively and which has surprised maybe the most negatively? How effective is recruiting going with all the buzz around Miami right now? Was the uniform change planned for this midseason? Or were there a lot of complaints about the feathers and other parts of the design that made Adidas have to redo the look? Did Miami open up the playbook against App State, or is there more to come offensively? How about Darian Owens? How did he play against App State? What's his status, and what's his time frame to becoming 100% healthy? The O-line has been one of the biggest inconsistencies so far. Even though the running attack numbers are way up, pass protection has at times seemed weak. Is Stacy Searles, as O-line coach, an upgrade over Art Kehoe? Is the lack of consistent OL play due to strength and conditioning from previous years before the current regime got here? And the effects of the current regime not being totally in effect yet? Or are these guys just simply either not very good or playing out of position? Harsh comments for an offensive line, even though the offense has played pretty darn well. Should Miami expect the same outcome against Georgia Tech because it will out-physical them and has superior athletes against them? Will Mark Ripp open up the playbook even further against Georgia Tech? And if not, when? What are the odds that Brad Kaya stays at Miami his senior year to develop more as a pro-stock quarterback? Could Mark Ripp have the type of influence to make Brad consider staying his senior year? How will the freshman linebackers fare against Georgia Tech's option offense? Have predictions changed for this Miami team based on what the team has shown in the first three games of the season? With Amon Richards as a true freshman having a productive season so far, what type of impact will that have on recruiting in the current class? How's Gerald Willis doing? With Miami having an incredible defensive start to the season, is there a chance that some of the juniors and redshirt sophomores will leave school early? Where does Miami stack up now based on the first three games of the season with the other teams in the ACC Coastal? Who's been most impressive on the coaching staff so far this season? What game ahead in the schedule is a potential trap game that could result in a loss that people aren't thinking about right now? Isn't this just another year if Miami doesn't challenge for the ACC Coastal, no matter what all the chatter is right now on message boards in the community and throughout college football. And lastly, among the topics and questions that came in on the canesport.com message board was this one. Is it too early to reserve a hotel room 
for the national championship game. So a lot to talk about, a lot of different topics, questions, a lot of different issues. Very exciting week, as I noted earlier, with the uniforms coming out yesterday, with the indoor practice facility being unveiled on Friday. No game, but still a lot to talk about tonight on Kane Sport Live. We'll be here to discuss it as long as you have topics and questions that you would like to discuss. So again, the number, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're sponsored again tonight by FanDuel.com and by Harry's. We'll talk about them later. But first, to kick off the show, the official starter for Kane Sport Live the guy that always manages to be first in the queue, which means he must call in at like 6.30 or something to be first at 8 o'clock. But let's go to Greg to get us started on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this week, Greg? Good, Gary. How are you? I'm doing good. You're becoming a little bit of a cult hero with the fan base. You know that, don't you? I mean, well, everybody's looking, I, looking forward to you being first now. I don't know what I'm going to do well, if I ever get to a week and I don't see you at the top of the board. That's <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, I wanted to say I was uh, thrilled to see how many Hurricane fans were at the game Saturday. Uh, I wonder if you got any feedback on the uh, atmosphere. I thought it was really good. It was a great place to see a game. All those I fans mean, went home unhappy. Yeah, all the feedback I got was, was great. People that were there had a, had a good time. You, you, aren't you from North Carolina? Yeah, I lived in I live in Hickory. That's what I, I thought. Li- you didn't go to the game. Yeah, I did go to the game. I said I was oh, thrilled okay. to see all these fans at the game. Yeah, and uh, I didn't even know the team was going to fly into Hickory, which they did. But anyway, let's get to the game. I was I know I was a little tough on Kaya last week. Uh, he played very well, although he had no pressure on him from the. the they pass block very well for him. And uh, the only thing, he's not very aware at the line of scrimmage, in my opinion. About five times, Appalachian State had guys running off the field where he could have snapped the ball and got a free play. I don't know what he's thinking out there. Yeah, Even Mark Wick thing. addressed that. Yeah. You saw that, right? He- five times. You pick up a free five yards every time at the worst. I don't know why they don't have something weird again. You won't see it again. They'll correct that in practice this week. Okay. Now, um, I think the team's coming along great, but until we're able to push that ball in the end zone from the two-yard line, we're not going anywhere. We should be able to overpower Appalachian State from the two-yard line, and we could not get the ball in. What was Kaya thinking on that pass to the flat there? That, I was just—he didn't look. He didn't, he didn't look. He, he, he didn't look and see the guy. But he, but here's here's the bigger issue, and I think you you brought it up very well. Um, but I will say I don't find it very surprising that when the offensive line gets into power rushing situations, um, as it has um, as it did on on Saturday, that they aren't being successful that that is not their game we we knew coming into the season that that was going to be a liability that this was not a great offensive line 
And, you know, with, with all respects to all the strength programs and everything, and they, um, they certainly were very good. And the line has done, done well with the ball in other areas of the field. When a team knows that they're going to run right at them, and it's mano a mano, I don't see this line winning many battles this year against any of these teams. And it's going to become something that will certainly impact Mark Rick's play calling. I, I, you know, I don't think you're going to see it in, to the degree in a blowout victory over Appalachian State that you're going to see it later in the season against some of these teams they're going to play. I think you're going to see Mark Rick go to play action way earlier. Um, I think you're going to see him throw the ball on first down. Uh, inside the 10, I, I think that his play calling will be much less predictable as the season moves forward than what you saw in that situation the other day. And, he, and, and you know, he was he was upset with that fourth down play. It was a horrible play. They almost they're lucky they didn't lose Brad Kaya for the season uh, on that play. I mean, can you imagine if that if that had happened and he had gotten hurt really bad? Uh, instead of just having like a bruise on his knee or something, um, you know, that would have been disastrous. But, uh, you know, that play worked earlier in the year. They went to it again. Obviously, Appalachian State had it well scouted out. They were looking for the pass to the fullback, and uh, you saw what happened. But like I said, I think you'll see a different approach to red zone offense as the season goes on. Uh, You know, Mark Richt is way too smart of a coach to beat his head against the wall. Uh, they have to recognize that mano a mano blocking in those situations is not going to be a strength of this O line, and adjust the play calling to compensate for it. All right. Now, as far as what about keeping Demetrius Jackson in the game in the fourth quarter, and he got nicked up at the end? Uh, he, there's no reason for him to be playing at that point of that game. You know, I'll, I'll agree with you on that too. I mean, I. Greg, I haven't seen too much to question with, with, with this staff the time they've been here, but that's a, another very legitimate point that you're bringing up. Um, the, the, in these first three games, I, I thought that they played the starters way too deep into the game. Uh, players that are very important to this team, Kendrick Norton, McIntosh, Demetrius Jackson, Chad Thomas, are on the field in blowouts in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm not sure. You've you got to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in that, you know, they might be preparing this team. They're going to have to play four quarters probably against Georgia Tech, you know, and, and maybe, they're, you know, they're trying to keep the conditioning of the team up uh, and get these guys' bodies used to going four quarters. I mean, that, that could be one thought that, that, that might be behind it because other than that, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, you know, you're really subjecting your frontline players to injuries, and you're right. Some of them are getting nicked up, and I, I think Demetrius will be okay. I saw him yesterday on campus walking around. He did have um, a little bit of a rubber brace on his knee uh, to protect it, but he was moving, you know, fine. And, and I would be very surprised if he had to miss the Georgia Tech game. But um, it's a very, very legitimate point that you're making. Okay, and lastly, on recruiting. I saw where DJ Dallas said we have a legitimate shot of two of these four players, Telford, Leatherwood, Holloman, and McFarlane. Which two do you think would be the most, have the best chance of becoming Hurricanes out of those four? Um, if I had to pick two, I would say McFarland and, and Holloman. I, I, I think Telford, 
is pretty entranced with Florida. We'll, you know, we'll see what happens. He could flip. But if you, if you made me pick two, the two likeliest candidates to land at Miami, it would be uh, – I'd probably put McFarland number one and maybe Holloman number two in that group. Maybe then okay. Telford three and, and Leatherwood four. All right. And I read your story about this kid from that's the Florida State commit wants to come to the game. Why don't they just not bring these – People they're are not. committed to other they're school. Not, they're, I they're, hope they don't. It's ridiculous. No, they're not going to. They're not going to. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and that, and that kid, um, you know, I think is over. He's overselling a little bit how 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 serious Miami is recruiting them. I, I I don't think you're going to see that kid at the Florida State game. They're way too smart. Been there, done that. You're not going to see Florida State commits coming to Miami, Florida State, and recruiting for Florida State. I, I, I'd be very surprised if they allowed any of that to happen. All right. I'll let you go with this. Miami beat Georgia Tech four out of five times without Golden, and Mark Ricks 13-2 and two against Georgia Tech. I think that's the least of our worries, Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if Manny Diaz, you know, can defend the option, and, you know, I talked to Manny about this in the summer, and he did have some experience. Um, I can't remember if it was Texas or Mississippi State, but they did play Navy, and, uh, you know, he, and uh, there might have been one other uh, example where I'm sure it'll come up this week. We'll be able to give you a more detailed um, description of this. But I, I did talk to him briefly about it in the summer, and, and he feels very confident that, that he knows how to defend the option and will have a very good game plan. So if that's the way it's then I would agree with you. I don't think Georgia Tech um, is able to match Miami's athletes' offense versus defense. So uh, we'll see. It'll be All fun right. up there. All, All right, Greg. Right, hey, thank, thank you for having thank me on. Thank, thank you for getting us on and uh, getting on and, and kicking us off yet again. Ha, have a good week. Bye, All right, Greg from North Carolina. Glad to hear you made it to the game, uh, and uh, also glad he got first in the queue so that he could live up to the tradition that he's started on this show. And I know everyone looks forward to his call each week. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Jerry, what's going on, man? How you doing? It's Roland from Atlanta. Hey, what's up, Roland? One of these going weeks, on? you're, going to be, you're going to be Greg and Tim Jones. I know, man. I just looked at number two for a few weeks. I call there? <laughs> yeah, there you are. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you now. I'm not trying to be Greg. Greg is a man. He he's a, he leads everything off. I just try to call in, and I just happen to be two or three or whatever it may be. So I don't want to – I know you got a bunch of other people calling on. First and foremost, um, Gary, um, the uh, Georgia Tech game, man, where, where are you going to be at for the for the Tech game? I will be in Atlanta. Uh you talking about during the game? Yeah, are you doing anything like, like pregame uh, dur- or dur- – um, well, it's a 12 o'clock game. There's not going to be a lot of time to do a lot of pregame. I mean, I'll be at the stadium probably 9 a.m. Okay, gotcha. And I'll okay. be on the okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be on I'll be on the sideline before the game for pregame warmups and stuff. So for you know, basically from about 10 o'clock till warmups are done at 11:45, I'll be on the sideline. So if you gotcha. if you come in the stadium, you see me down there. Make sure you holler and say hello. Gotcha. I, I, they, that game's going to have a lot of Miami fans, man. It's going to be a lot of Miami people at that game. 
definitely. There always are in Atlanta. I mean, the, the Atlanta yeah. Hurricane Club is, is huge to begin with, and I think with the team doing so well, you you know, travel this year is going to pick up, and everybody who lives in the southeast is going to you know make their way there. I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I um, you know what else too, man? Uh, it's not. So uh, you can hear the buzz, man, about Miami. Everybody keeps saying, man. They can feel Miami's Miami back. I said, well, you know, it's just the third game. So, you know, I, they need more than three games. But, I mean, just overall, I don't know. I mean, I, I know you, you – I hope you feel this way, Garrett, but it just feels different. The defense feels different. The offense feels different. Um, the, the, the the mentality of the players, um, the attitude is just positive. Um, and, and, and that's just a – overall, that's just a, that's a great thing moving forward. But there's also, I don't know if you feel this too, um, anything that Miami does, it, and it's not even negatively, anything that they do, they try to scrutinize it versus, I mean, all the, you know, stuff that's going on at Ole Miss. Even it, it's like people want Miami to be back, but it's a hell of a lot of people that don't want Miami to be back. I don't know if you feel that. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's funny, and I'll draw an analogy. It's like I was, th- I was, I was actually thinking about the same thing today. And um, you're right; it, it does kind of attract that type of reaction. And you know, I like to, I get entertained by all the political stuff going on right now in the country yeah. with the presidential election. And uh, Donald yeah. Trump Jr. came out with a statement today about a bowl of Skittles, just a harmless statement about if you had a bowl of Skittles and, and he told you that three of the Skittles, you might have 200 Skittles in the bowl, three of them will kill you, would you take a handful? And he was referring to the Syrian refugee problem in that yep. you can have 100, 100 Syrian refugees come into the country and you can't vet them properly, and if three of them are going to set off bombs in, in New York City, is that okay? Like You're still going to take, take the whole group. And it was totally harmless. I mean he was just drawing yeah. an analogy – Using an example to express his viewpoint, whether you agree with it or don't, doesn't really matter, and totally harmless. And and it was blown up on, on TV into this huge scandal, and they're debating it on CNN, and um, it, it's kind of crazy. And and you know, obviously, a presidential election is polarizing in that way. But um, I think you're right. I mean, I think that you know, when Miami gets good in football, people start looking for places, you know, to poke. A little bit, and uh, you know, it's it's fine. It goes it goes with the territory. I think they'll be able to handle it. Yeah, I agree with that. But you know what, Miami, and the, people wonder why. You know, a guy asked me today, um, and he asked me, "You from Louisiana? Are you an LSU fan?" I said, "I'm not an LSU fan. I never grew up being an LSU fan." He said, "Well, you grew up in Louisiana. You know, why are you not an LSU fan?" I said, "Well, I've always gravitated to Miami because they've always went against the grain. They've, they've never been." the quote-unquote establishment. They've always set the trend and always, um, you know, created something new. And and I, it, when you look at the big picture of just, you can even look outside of athletics. I mean, that's huge, man. And a lot of people don't really like that, Gary. And a lot of people don't like the, the you know, against-the-grain feel. And that's what Miami has always been. And I think there's a lot of people that's, that's Rooting for Miami to get back to the top, and there's a lot of people that's not rooting for Miami to 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 get back to the top. So it's going to be interesting to see over the next uh, year or so, two years, to kind of see where this program is, and and even when it the program gets back to where you know everybody believes it's going to be, 
you know, top top five, top ten, I'll say top five echelon program, then, you know, you've got these guys like Paul Feinbaum, Fallbaum, whatever the guy name from SEC. Because when you think about it, Gary, before Nick Saban got to LSU, SEC wasn't doing anything. It was always about Miami, Florida State, Michigan. And you see the tide is turning a tremendous amount. I mean, don't get me wrong, Alabama's still successful, but things are turning. And I don't know, I don't know if people are ready necessarily to see Miami back to that, that upper echelon, you know, running college football and, you know, having that same attitude. So do you think that moving forward, um, um, do you think the program will be like a, a program similar to when, when Bush Davis was running, or do you think it will ever get back to that that, that Jimmy Johnson era? Well, I mean, I, I think – I think it could. I think that like what you're seeing right now with Alabama is, is, is a little bit of an aberration in today's world. But at these schools, there's a reason why Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, with all respects to what happened or disregard rather to what happened to Florida State the other day at Louisville, where they just, you know, ran into a little bit of an avalanche there and fell apart. Um, the schools that recruit well every year, I think, have the capability of always always being there and, and being in, in the top ten. And, and yeah, I, I do think Miami can get to that point. I, I think that the, the negatives that people can throw out there about the Miami program are, are, are getting reduced. You know, obviously Mark Richt. Uh, has stabilized the coaching situation. I, I think you have a good coaching staff in there. That's being proven. Uh, you talked at the beginning of your call about you know how it, it has a different feel. I mean, listen, let's face it. They haven't played anybody yet, and and we don't really know what's gonna, what's yeah. going to happen when the competition gets ramped up. And it's not going to be as easy as people think it is right now. Everyone's got this uplifted feeling because of the way the teams played the first three games. Um, if anybody thinks these next nine are going to be as easy as the first three. They're kidding themselves. I mean, you're going to be yeah. in dogfight. Teams are going mm-hmm. to show up with good game plans. Um, you're not going to play well on given days. You know, you'll have some players have off days and things like that. Uh, you know, maybe a Miami game plan might not quite be as good as it could have been or whatever. And, and you're going to be in some dogfights in some of these games. I mean, even in years when Miami won the national title, there were always three, four games every year that went right down to the wire that, that could go in either direction. And, and that's the way it is um, for pretty much every team that wins the national title every year. So, you know, you're going to have some dog fights here coming up. And, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but you know, the, the, the point I'm making is it, it, there's not a lot to poke holes in right now. You know, if things are getting stabilized, everyone's always knocked Miami's facilities. You know, on Friday, they're going to unveil this beautiful new indoor practice facility with fancy renderings and, and, and animated graphics and, and a, a, a website that that's going to um, show off the facility that, the football operations people are going to be able to send out to recruits and say, hey, look at this facility that you could be training in for four years. I mean, there, there's just not a ton to poke holes in anymore. And when you combine that with the recruiting base of South Florida and all the athletes that are turned out here, uh, you know, obviously Miami's positioned to, to get back to the way it was. And, it, and it's always been the, – the, the, yeah. the coaching staff is, has always been the variable, Roland. I mean, yeah, you look I at every totally single time totally they, totally they had a good coaching staff in there, 
Yeah, I yeah. mean, you get a good coaching staff at Miami, you're going to be a top ten program, and there's yeah. no reason why that shouldn't happen again. Yeah. Okay. Well, Gary, I appreciate it, man, and I'm, uh, I'll call in next weekend. I mean, I'll, I'm definitely looking forward. I'll be at the game next weekend. Uh, you do a great job, man. Tremendous job, man. I keep doing what you're doing. I, I'll just listen. You, you got it, man. And if you, if you see me, say hello. Okay, I'd love to meet you. All right, man. Take care. All right, thanks for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. It's an exciting time for the Canes Nation, an exciting time to be a Miami Hurricane, and I think you, you hear it in everybody that calls into the show's voice. Um, the, the Canes Nation's feeling good right now, and uh, hopefully it stays that way. But right now we're going to go up to Tallahassee, where I'm sure there's a lot of people who aren't feeling real well. And we're going to talk to someone from the 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? You with us? Are you, or are you fumbling your phone Hello? like Dalvin fumbles footballs? Yeah, that's you. Hello? Yeah, that's oh, you. Man. You, sound, you sounded like, like, like Dalvin, Dalvin Cook fumbling the football. <laughs> Oh man, this Omar man, <laughs> you just caught me off guard. Just gonna put me on hold. Go to the next person. My bad, bro. Oh, you don't. So you don't have anything to share with us tonight? Yeah, I do, man. But I just it ain't got it with me, so I'm gonna just go back out and I catch you back at the end. Oh, you want to regather your thoughts? Yeah, I gotta regather myself, man. I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared. I had just run an errand and I put my phone All right, down. No problem. Back. We'll, we'll, we'll knock you out. You regather your thoughts. Yeah. You call back in. You hit you hit the number one on your keypad. You'll go back in the queue. All right, Omar. We'll talk to you later, later in the show. That's pretty funny. <laughs> he has to go prepare. <laughs> I love it. All right. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the two four zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Uh, what's up, This is D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? You're in early this week. Yeah, I'm in early this week. I'm in early this week. I, I know you're prepared. Uh, I, I know you. I know you're prepared. Hey, always. I, you know, hey, I said it off the top of the dome, like you know, like a great freestyler. But um, <laughs> uh, like I said last week, Gary. Like I said last week, you know, just uttering, uttering what one of the former great kings said, DJ Williams. There's certain things you don't do when you schedule Miami for a home game. You don't make it a big deal. You don't make it about somebody. And you don't be trying to open up some new stadium or whatever. And that's what they did. And we went up there and we did what we were supposed to do. We were supposed to go up there and win 40, 45 to 10. And it's funny because I was speaking to Kane uh, Kane. Uh, I was speaking to him Friday on the phone. And he was asking me, you know, what do I think the score was going to be? And I think I said something like, 40-something to 14, I said, like 40-something to 14, and the score turned out to be 45 to 10, you know. So I'm pleased with the performance. You know, O-line, of course, is a work in progress. You know what I'm saying? It's a work in progress. Um, Brad Kyle looked much better. You know, he looked much better. Um, I don't know why he wasn't snapping the ball um, when he could have, you know, when he couldn't have got a free five yards, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nitpick over that, you know what I'm saying? He's a very knowledgeable quarterback, which, you know, everyone knows and Mark Rip said it himself, sometimes he gets us in the right plays with Arlen or checking into running plays. So 
He's very knowledgeable and a very uh, understanding quarterback. Um, defense looks great. Defense looks good. Everybody's hustling to the ball. I mean, those three linebackers we got, some freshmen, they just straight savages. I mean, they they're three alpha, three alpha wolves out there. And Chad Thomas is starting to round about come into form, which which I was happy. Um, you know, D, uh, D Jackson getting hurt. I mean, we got to be honest. You know, he he needs snaps. He needs reps. He, he it's not like he was a starter. Well, yeah, that, you know what I'm saying? That's what I said earlier. Yeah, I mean that's the benefit of the doubt you have to give the coaches. I mean, you know, uh, the, you're right. Demetrius Jackson hasn't played a ton of football. Right. So you know he 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 needs he needs he needs reps. He needs that game time experience. And yeah, and, and, and you know what, D, D Black? If you look at it realistically, really nobody on this team has a lot of reps in the new systems that they're using. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So they, you're right. So they, so they need reps. So say, say we're blowing Georgia Tech out next week. Some of them still, some of them may still stay in the game because they still need need them reps. But I don't. I think they may pull them, knowing that we got Florida State the week after. But like you said, it's a new system. Everybody, everybody needs reps. Um, I'm real, I'm real pleased with Ahmad Richard, seeing him bounce back from dropping that one pass, seeing him have a monster game he did. Um, even the even the uh, JUCO transfer, uh, D. Harris, he looks pretty good too. And I'm waiting to see him explode a little more. Um, Stacy Coley looked good. He looked good, but it seems like every time he hits the every time he hits the ground, Gary. He gets up hurt. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's like, the most I'm he's like, the no. most fragile football player I've ever seen. I I, I can't yeah, remember like, anybody being more fragile than this. Right. You know, I don't you know, I like him. I do. I really like Stacey Coley. I don't want to call him, you know, Mr. Glass, you know. <laughs> but man, every time he gets to the ground, so something's wrong with him. But I'm gonna keep it positive because, you know, he nothing serious. He scored twice. He's looking good. The tight end the tight ends is I mean that goes without saying. Just the uh, you know the offensive lines are work in progress. I'm glad we got a week off so they can work on some fundamentals, work on some technique things to get them right. Because now we we starting to hit the meat. We starting to get the meat and the potatoes of this schedule now. You know Georgia Tech, Florida State, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame. So you know we starting to starting to enter uh, venture to that heavyweight division of our schedule. And uh, it, it's gonna it's, it's gonna test it's gonna test our manhood to see where we are as a team. I'm not really that concerned because we got we have a a, uh, a coaching staff full of alphas that can prepare this team and get them focused and get them right, which is is uh, which they've shown so far throughout the preseason and these three games. Um, the new uniforms are they're sweet. They're classic, a classic throwback look, nice and clean, a nice clean look is awesome. Um, I think this, I think this unveiling of this indoor practice facility, Gary. I think this is gonna, I think this is gonna take the cake, because now you take all the ammunition that other schools used to use against us, the negative recruit. Now you take all that ammunition from them, because now you can't say, you can't talk about our facilities. You can't say, oh, we got, we don't have an indoor facility, so when it rains, you miss it out. You, you can't say that anymore because it's here. It's coming. So now we'll see how good certain recruiters are when they're on a level playing field with us. And you got to go toe-to-toe. And you can't talk about 
uh, the facilities. When you got to go into a parent's home and you got to sell your school, because you come into my home and you're trying to recruit my son, I don't need you. I don't need you down talking to another school to get me and my and my son's interested in your school. Uh-uh. Tell me, sell me on your school. Sell me on your product. Sell me on your product, not your product and hating on this other school. No, now you gotta, now you gotta hundred percent sell me on why I should come to X Y Z University and not go to Miami without negative recruiting. And now we're gonna see how great some of these recruiters are. Now that we're gonna be on the same playing field as far as facilities. Yeah, some of them may have better facilities, but we have good facilities now, which to us is great facilities. So we're on an even playing field. And now you got to go home to talk with Mark Ritt and the boys in recruiting. Let, let's see how that works. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm really looking forward to seeing what that thing looks like and looking forward to seeing our boys go out, go up in Atlanta and do what we've always done in the past, make their home our home and come back home, uh, you know, 4-0, Gary. That's all I got for you tonight, sir. Keep me on hold so I can listen to the rest of the uh, show. Um, and to all my Kane brothers out there, hey, keep it keep it tight. Keep it tight. Keep the faith. We're looking good. Hey, Gary, I need your email address. I need to send you an email. Kanesport at bellsouth.net. Kanesport at bellsouth.net. You got it. Uh, keep me on hold, please. You got it, Deep Black. Thanks for being part of the show, as always. All uh, right. All right, the infamous D. Black always has good things to say. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I'm going to go out now to the 754. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? It's Jerome. Hey, what's up, Jerome? How you doing this week? Hey, man. Yesterday was, it was a blessed weekend. You know, Gary, that was one game. Uh, I could say on on the road that I can completely say uh, you know I can just say we was I was satisfied you know if, if, even if you 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 know you live with the blunder you know uh, play with with uh, Kaya down on the goal line but everything else showing showing that it's it's coming together because start off with a FAMU okay FAMU that's 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 a, that's not the a tough one you you know you go to uh, Florida uh, Atlantic and you know you play them at home and you know that's that that gives you it's a little stiffer because when you remember if you have memories of last year they played a, a pretty tough first half and then uh, you come up to this team here which is known for being a David uh, with the sling and uh, you go into their, one of their biggest biggest uh, home games ever and you go in there and you, you take care of business and I love the fact that you got two weeks off before you can play Georgia Tech, prepare, uh, prepare for that unique offense that you won't see probably any any other time of the year. And, you know, and it's a pain-in-the-butt offense. And that coach, I, I'm telling you, yeah, he kind of he get under my skin a little bit, Gary. But, uh, yeah, he, but let, it, me tell you, let me tell you something, Rome. He's on his last legs. Let me tell you something. You know, he, he, they've had – they've, you know, stood by him for a long time. And, and yeah. you know, they want to have uh, – Great program at Georgia Tech, and he's had some success. But if he can't beat the Clemson's, Miami's, Florida State's, um, even North Carolina, you know the better teams in the division this year, 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I know he plays Clemson uh, coming up here on, on Thursday night. Then he plays Miami. Uh, I'm not sure if, if Florida State's on his schedule. But if, if he can't win these games against the good teams, I, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of this year Georgia Tech didn't move in a, in a different direction. Because, you know, it's a nice gimmick. It, it really is. It, but at the end of the day, where are they really going with it? Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I think it's starting. It's starting to get a little old. You know, yeah. at, at some point, yeah. you got to stop being stop being a gimmick and build a, a a really solid football team and program. So, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. This is it for Paul Johnson this year. If he can't uh, beat the good teams on his schedule, I wouldn't be surprised if both sides moved on. Yeah, I I, I would agree with you on that. You know, Gary, uh, um, when you look at on the offensive side of uh, the ball on a, the offensive line. It's it's funny, Gary. They've been they gotten they've gotten a lot of snaps. They should they should be better around on the goal line, man. I'm you know I'm expecting them, those guys have played. They're not, they're they got, not power guy. It's it's just they're not power blockers. They're, it, it it they're just not that those type of guys. I, I I don't find them. I don't think they're those type of guys even personality wise. I mean, you know, it, they're they're it's a finesse offensive line. And and you know yeah. they can do a good job at times when the other team doesn't know what's coming and it's a run pass down or situation like a first down second second down you know you saw the first play of the game Mark Rick came out he wants his O line to be physical he mm-hmm. called the power the power running play where they put hat on hat and 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 you know fight it out and and Mark Walton broke the tackle and went the distance but if Mark Walton doesn't break that tackle that's no gain you know and and yeah. and, and then yeah. and then the running stats for the game are you know a disaster <laughs> yeah you know yeah, yeah. yeah. without that big run they only averaged 2.8 yards a carry for the remainder of the yeah. game i think from what I, from what i remember when i looked at the stats and uh you know so physical play and Appalachian state prides itself on playing physical at the line of scrimmage. They recruit those kind of kids. Uh, they might not be three star, four stars or five stars. They're, you know, they're two stars and three stars, but you could develop offensive linemen. I mean, you don't have to have five-star offensive linemen. If, yeah, if yeah, you can develop those guys. You're right. And, you're yeah, right. You're and right. linemen to a lesser degree. But, I mean, you know, they pride themselves on physical football, and that's just not Miami's game, and it's not going to be their game. I don't care. You can have – you know, as many Oklahoma drills and practice or whatever you want. I don't mm-hmm. think that's the DNA of the guys that are playing offensive line for Miami right now. Not the starters, yeah. not the backups. I mean, there's not – I can't think of one guy. Um, you know, Danny Isadora is probably the best on that offensive line. Uh, and I don't – you know, he's he's a good offensive lineman, but I don't consider him a physical smash-mouth run blocker by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it, that's, you know, say, that's the thing about it, though, Gary. To me – if you got a 280-pound bazooka fullback in central line, and to me, it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a a chemistry thing that would be lacking there if if that's what you know, because you you no, got, you got mean, a, it, a guard like a guard in the backfield. You see it at every level of football. You see it in the National Football League. You know, offensive linemen—they're big, they're strong, whatever. That doesn't mean that they're all tough. And it doesn't mean that they're willing to sit there and and and, and exert maximum um, strength on every single play to the point where they're dominating run blockers. I mean, you either have that or you don't have it. Uh, I'm not saying this negatively. I I just don't think that those are the type of 
of guys that they have in the program right now. Now, maybe yeah. they'll try to recruit more of those in, in the future. But, uh, you know, I, I think back through the years of Miami football, and, and really the majority of the Miami offensive lines have always been finesse offensive lines. Uh, Miami has very rarely been a, 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 a smash-mouth type of football team, and, and uh, I don't see that changing right now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Gary, uh, one kid that I thought he wasn't a D1 player, but I see he's starting to play uh, is Mike Smith from Northwestern. Uh, I see he's it's, it's, amazing. Uh, um, amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, let me tell you something. There, there's a few guys on this team that are getting playing time that are contributing that I I mean, I never thought would ever see the field at Miami. Um, yeah, that's know, Ryan, what I'm saying. I Ryan Fiennes. Him, Ryan Fiennes and uh, – the, the McCray kid, the Perry kid, I was, I'm, I was like, you know, they, they you know, I, I thought we wouldn't really see, see much of them, you know, no, anything, but I'm I just saying. I don't think McCray and Perry you're going to see out there a lot when things get heated up here in the next few weeks. Right, but, I mean, right. I, I think, Jerome, I think the point would be that this coaching staff is really good, and, and they're doing a really good job. When you can look at the roster – and and I can confidently say this without any reservations that I'm out of my mind. Mm-hmm. When every single guy on the roster is better than he was mm-hmm. 12 months earlier, that tells mm-hmm. you that the coaching staff, that the strength staff, that the program is being well run top to bottom. And I can confidently say right now that every single guy on that 85-man roster that was here a year mm-hmm. ago, uh, not mm-hmm. the two freshmen, obviously, but the guys that were here a year ago, Every single one of them is better today than he was 12 months ago. Yeah. And you know, Gary, I, I love I love Mark Rick. I love the coaching staff. But Gary, I I I I got I got to stand up and applaud uh, Coach Cool, man. I, I mean, he he has put a charge into this defensive uh, line here. This, you know, it's it's just funny how you you know how they're making plays at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage or near the line of scrimmage. It's it's, it's incredible and. and I think he he has been the big hire. If I had to, you know, like you say, put a gun to to me to to say which one it is. It, it, Coach Cool is, uh, has has done uh, a fantastic job, and I think they're going to get even tougher as as we get them because they, they're going to have more of a solid rotation with Cortrell Jenkins. They got different kind of uh, tackles. They got stuff tackles, big big run guys like Cortrell Cortrell and uh, Kendrick Norton. And, and and maybe uh, a Willis maybe be be a little more of a bull rusher type of guy with some athleticism along with uh with uh with um Macintosh, Macintosh. you know so yeah yeah it just seemed like they got a good mixture that that coach has tapped into their talent and bringing out the best of them right now. Well, you know, Craig Kuligowski came into the program with incredible hype. And you had to wonder going into this thing, is, is this man ever going to be able to justify all of the hype that is being bestowed upon him as a new coach coming into the program? But he has. I mean, every yeah. guy on that line is, is playing way better than they ever have. I yeah. mean, Chad Thomas, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you know, Chad Thomas was on his way to being the greatest underachiever since Kyle Wright in this program. He I mean, was. He, he, he was. He, he much was. Done he was. And yeah, he didn't get much done years one and two, but my God, wow. he's like he—he's he, a maniac out there now, and and playing yeah. very hard and yeah. very well, and get getting up the field and making plays, and it's great to see that from Chad because you know yeah. I think a lot of people, and I'll include myself in, in that category, 
were you know really starting to question how much this kid wanted to play football. I mean, the signs yeah. were not there, but he's yeah. a whole different guy now, and all yes, that is, is in the past, and um, and, yeah. and he's doing great. And then the other guy, Jerome, that I think is doing really good, he's been mentioned a few times tonight, is Demetrius Jackson. I mean, you yeah. know, he came out yeah. of he came out of nowhere. Muhammad gets hurt, and he's having to play a lot now, and he's doing great. He's getting in the, in the backfield a lot. And then you look oh, at the yeah. two young tackles and the way they're playing. I mean, wow. it, it couldn't be much better. And 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 you got to give Coach Cool a ton of credit. He has definitely justified the hype. No doubt. Hey, Gary, I, I didn't want to take up that much of your time. I apologize to the guys behind me, but Gary, you're doing a great job and everything. Just put me on hold, and I look forward to next week uh, to talk with you again, man. You're doing a great job. You got it, Jerome. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, guys, I'm going to take a moment right now to talk about one of our loyal sponsors. Uh, you've heard me talk about them throughout the year on Kane Sport Live, and, and that's uh, Harry's Razors. And uh phone rang the other day. And I picked up the phone, and, and it was Harry on the other side. And he's like, you know, Gary, we're selling a ton of razors to your listeners on Kane Sport Live, bringing this great German technology to all the, all the Canes fans and, and, and guys who listen to the show. But I want to know, what can we do to take it to even another level and get the entire Canes nation to, to just discover that shaving doesn't have to be a miserable experience. How can we introduce the entire Canes Nation to Harry's razors? And I said, well, Harry, it's no different than anything else. If you really want the whole Canes Nation to use Harry's razors, you got to give it to them for free. And guess what? Do I have an offer for you guys tonight? But, um, but first, let me tell you, before I get to that, a little bit about Harry's and uh, – you know, you know, I've shared my personal experience with their products and, and how it's totally revolutionized the shaving process for me. I don't get all those crazy nicks anymore or ingrown hairs. I get a nice close shave. Uh, their products smell great. Their, their, their shaving creams and, and aftershave products, you know, smell great. Mrs. Furman loves them. I've told you about all of that. Well, um, Harry's five-blade razors now include softer flex hinges for more comfortable glide, they include a trimmer blade for hard-to-reach places. They include a lubricating strip um, to help keep your face lubricated. And they include a textured handle for more control when it's wet. And, um, you know, big razor companies, they have the annoying habit of putting out new models and raising their already high prices. Well, unlike those guys, Harry doesn't believe in upcharging, which is why they've made their razors even better and they're keeping prices exactly the same. And this week, they are going to give them to Kane Sport Live listeners for free. Now, when, but when you buy Harry's razors, they're $2 a blade compared to $4 or more that you pay when you go to the drugstore. And by owning the factory in Germany where they make the blades, Harry's can produce high-quality razors themselves and sell them online for half the price and let you guys try them for free. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades that they'll send you their popular free trial set, which comes with a razor, a five-blade cartridge, and shaving gel for free. When you sign up for a shave plan, you will just pay shipping for the order. So for listeners of Kane Sport Live, you go to harrys.com and you 
check on the free offer, and then at checkout, you enter the code CANES, and, and they'll also add post-shave balm to your order for free. Go to harrys.com right now. You enter the code CANES at checkout. Claim your free trial set and your post-shave balm. That's harrys.com, code CANES. Make Harry happy. Try his razors for free. My guess is once you do, you're not going back to all those drugstore products that you've been using all these years that have made the shaving experience miserable for you each morning. That's harrys.com, code name Cane to check out for your free razor, your free blade, and some post-shave balm and shaving cream together with it. Harrys.com. Thank you for being a sponsor of Cane Sport Live. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. We're going to uh, continue on now with the show. And let's go out to the 941 now where you are live on Cane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing, bud? Who's this? Uh, this is the Mike Sertain from Port Charlotte. Hey, what's up, Mikester? How you doing this week? Hey, doing great. Uh, just a couple things here. Uh, great win over Appalachian State. Uh, yeah, it was a tough football game, but uh, they pulled it off, and great. A uh, couple questions for you. Um, is the Florida State game completely sold out? I've heard it is. I have not been, been told that. Uh, I know that they're still selling season ticket packages that include the Florida State game. So I don't believe it's 100% sold out, but it will be. I mean, let me put it this right. way: if they made, if they, you know, maybe let's say they're holding 100 tickets for season ticket packages. If they put those out for public sale on a single game basis, they're going to sell in five minutes. So it'll be a sellout. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And also, uh, down the road from me is uh, Darren Felix. I was wondering if the coaches are still. Uh, you know, keeping in touch with him, that kid from Fort Myers High School there, the running back? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they are. Uh, is he totally front burner? Um, you know, I don't know. He got an offer at the beginning of August. He he told us that he doesn't have any favorites, but he, he was a cane lean earlier in the recruiting process. But, uh, you know, there, there's, another, there's a few other guys they're still looking at. We mentioned Anthony McFarland earlier in the show. Um, right. I, I think yeah. Stephen Carr from California is a little bit of a long shot, but they are still recruiting him. Um, and there's a few others that are popping Ooh. on the radar here and there. So, uh, you know, I, I think they'll take two running backs in this class. The, the, I think the next one that commits, that'll give them two for the class, uh, will, will probably be it. Although I wouldn't be surprised if they try to find a fullback at some point. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, what fullbacks are they looking at out there? Don't know. I just, don't know. Yeah, yeah we don't I know of any right now. You know, fullback <laughs> is kind of like a, a unique position. I mean, you see how this this Marquez Williams kid came out of absolutely nowhere, uh, and behind him they have walk-ons. It's you know there there, there are no fullbacks in high school anymore. I mean, oh, who, who yeah, runs offense? Well, how are you supposed to recruit fullbacks? I mean, who who plays fullback in high school? So, you know, they'll find a walk-on linebacker or, or, or something like that and can turn them into a fullback or, you know, things along those lines. But uh, it's very hard for us to sit here and tell you who they're recruiting at fullback because there just aren't high school fullbacks anymore. Yeah, that's true. With all the 
with all those wing tea and the spread and, and the wild cats that they run out there now, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody runs high formation anymore. I mean, really, I no. mean. Very rarely. Yeah. I mean, when I played in the 80s, that's all we ran was high formation, smash mouth football, more or less. Like you were talking with that other caller earlier on with Miami not being a smash mouth running football team. Right now. So. <laughs> yep. Well, it's it's yep. not because of Marquez Williams. I'll tell you that he he has no problem getting in there and mixing it up. But you know, like yeah. I, like I said, just don't have. That's not the kind of offensive line you have. And right. you know what? That's okay. It's okay. You know, I mean, it, it makes it tougher in the red zone. Mark Rick's gonna have to get more creative down there, I think. But you know, has it ever really been any different than that at Miami? I mean, has Miami ever been a smash yeah. mouth? Team, I mean, they've had problems in, inside the five running the football for years. I can't remember the last time Miami's <laughs> offensive line was good in that regard. Oh, yeah, I can't remember either. And I've been watching them since the 80s, you know, even, you know, the early 80s. I remember the 83 championship game, and they weren't really a smash mouth running football team then either, I don't think. <laughs> no, but let them, let them run their playbook and, and let them run their stretch plays and things like that, and, and they're fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The spread, yeah. I think they'll be fine, Gary. I don't see any problems there. <laughs> yeah. But helmet to helmet, we're going to knock you back two yards or three yards, and we're going to – I mean, you're not going to see it a ton this year. You might see it at some point, but the percentages are not going to be great. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> all right, Gary, well, that's all I have for tonight, and, uh, you know, we'll keep it on the hard top and go Canes and uh, – you know, it's great to be a cane now. <laughs> That's all I got to say, right? Yep, you got it. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, you bet, Gary. Talk to you. All right, let's go to the 256. You're live on Cane Sport Live. Let me ask. You with us? Hello? Yeah, that's yep. you. That's you. What's going on, let's Gary? Go. Doing good. Who's this? Well, this is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? Talk to us. Another day, man, another day. So uh, a lot of these SEC people was doing a lot of hating on us, man, talking about Appalachian State was going to get the victory over us. And, you know, we went down there and were up there and, you know, beat the brakes up off of them. But, uh, yeah, so pretty much what I want to ask you about is what's this situation with these color guard dancers saying that the players assaulted them or something? It's, it's, you know, look, from everything I saw when I, when I looked into it, there's absolutely nothing there. It never should have been reported. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it was irresponsible of the people that did report it and gave it life to do so. I mean, they had the capability to look at the same videos. They had the capability to ask the same questions. They took a girl's Facebook post. They have no idea if anything really happened. I mean, is it possible that a player bumped into somebody running on the field? Of course. You got a banned color guard in the middle of 85 fired-up football players running on the field for a game. Of course there's a chance that somebody got bumped into. I wouldn't have been shocked if somebody even got run over, even though I didn't see any evidence of that when I looked at the video team coming on the field. But this thing should not have been given the life it was given. It should not have been reported the way it was. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it, I, I thought it was a little irresponsible. And, and, and I think that, 
you know, right now you got a, a media contingent that is like totally obsessed with, the, with, with the, you know, being all about I or I reported something first, and they're not doing a thorough enough job of recruiting. Uh, I mean, of reporting in some situations, um, or they're not using common sense in some situations. And I think it's going to impact the media situation with the football program, which I don't like. That pisses me off because, you know, I don't want to be told I can't go out to practice and interview players because a reporter is irresponsible and, and is hurting the program and, and they're annoyed with it. And, and I feel that we're seeing some of that this week. Um, act, media access this entire week was shut down. We have no access to players. We have no access to coaches. And I think that's a statement you know, to what's been going on, and that's why I have a problem with it, you know, because it, it affects the product that I'm provide, that I can provide for you. Okay, and we want to be able to talk to those people. We want to be able to bring you stories, and, and we don't want to be shut out because people are, you know, uh, uh, being reckless in, 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 in what they're doing, and that's just the way I feel about this one. And uh, it never should have been reported. And if the university's mad about it, they have every reason to be. There's no reason the University of Miami should have been on the ESPN ticker, should have been on the front page of news websites like Yahoo and, 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 and some of the others around the web for this story. The team's 3-0. and They're doing great. It doesn't mean that if you're a reporter, you've got to be a homer and you, know, you have to ignore negative things that happen. But there is zero evidence of anything significant happening here that you would blame a player for and they deserve better than that they didn't deserve to be thrown under the bus like this and I thought Blake James should have been stronger too and sticking up for his players you know I don't think he should have given him life by saying he was looking into it just my opinion exactly I just I just feel like you know it seems like you know once we're getting back on track like the hate for Miami is just rising up even more for something petty like this to come out and Everybody be talking about it. Like, I went to work, and I was like, yeah, because I work with a few Tennessee fans, and they were like, yeah, you know, you guys beat the brakes off of them, but why are your players assaulting, you know, females and all that? I'm like, man, get out of here with that, man. Exactly. Don't believe everything that, and, you hear. Exactly. One, one reporter makes a bad decision to blow this up into a story, and that is the byproduct of it. Now, is that fair to those kids? I Not at all, so. Gary. Not at all, man. But uh, if you remember right last week, I said the score would be 45 to 17. I'm glad they didn't get those extra seven points. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm really liking what I'm saying. And once again, Gary, I told many SEC fans, but a lot of Alabama fans, to call into the show. So, once again, if you're listening, we had number 15, baby. <laughs> and we're coming for that number one spot, Gary. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and I'm if their team doesn't start that. playing better, they're going to be back at number 15 with us. Because let me tell you something, they, they were lucky to get out of that game against Ole Miss alive the other day. Exactly. You know, I, I had uh, I had the two TVs set up, so, you know, I was watching our game. We were, you know, beating the brakes off of them, as I stated earlier. And I was also watching Florida State get stomped into the ground. So, last Saturday was just terrific. You know, I enjoyed it a lot. It would have been even better with a roll tide loss. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? They were, they were uh, down we're go ahead. three. They were down twenty four exactly. three now. Yeah, I mean if they hadn't stolen Calvin Ridley from South Florida and they haven't stolen Eddie Jackson out of Fort Lauderdale due to the total incompetence of whoever was supposed to be recruiting that school that year, 
I mean, Eddie Jackson is an elite defensive back right now, came out of Fort Lauderdale Boyd Anderson High School, and Miami didn't even recruit him until the end when Mario Cristobal went in there and tried to recruit him to Miami when he was on Al Golden's staff days. And he went in there and tried to save the day and, and, and just couldn't do it. But, uh, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, this kid's elite. And he wasn't exactly, even recruiting yeah. in Fort Lauderdale. Calvin Ridley from Broward County, the best receiver in the country. And I'm telling you, how, how big of a difference does this make, that these recruiting losses? If Alabama didn't have Calvin Ridley – they wouldn't, I don't think they'd be a top 10 team. I really don't. I mean, he is their whole freaking offense. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he fails. You know, this offensive coordinator, Lane Kiffin, uh, has totally taken Alabama football out of the identity that, they've held, that they always had, and they don't run the ball out of the I formation anymore. Everything is gimmicks and horizontal plays and reverses and jet sweeps and things like that. If they have Calvin Ridley with his just absolute greatness, to bail them out of these games, these tight games that they that they get into from time to time because of the other deficiencies, I, I don't believe they would they'd be playing for the national title every year. And, and uh, it, was, it was Amari Cooper a couple of years ago, and they just replaced him with Calvin Ridley. Those are two South Florida guys that are elite players that are the difference between the best program in college football right now, playing for the national title every year and not playing for the national title every year. And obviously Mark Rick and his staff, want to get back to getting all these South Florida kids and uh you know I mean look at you know but but you know they're 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 playing from behind because of what's going on here. I mean you know look at Grimes and Judy this year. Other example, those are two very good receivers that aren't gonna be coming to Miami more than likely and, unless they can flip Judy somehow and uh you know that, that that's not good. I mean there's great players down here. That's why I'm glad we got this new staff, you know what I mean? So hopefully if we keep everything rolling on down the line, keep on getting these W's, we'll get a lot more recruits that's ready to flip. Plus with the way DJ Dallas is recruiting, you know what I mean? And if we keep winning, you know, everybody's going to want to come to the U. And the hate is going to be even stronger. And I I love the hate, Gary, you know what I mean? Because people hate us so much, and I just laugh at them now because I'm just like, you know, that, that old regime is gone. You know what I mean? We're, we're getting back to what we used to be. And, you know, I know we played a couple of whack, whack teams, but the way everybody was hyping up this Appalachian State team because the way they played Tennessee, oh, Miami, y'all going to struggle. And, you know, you see how they did uh, Dobbs at Tennessee, and they shut down Jalen Hurd and all of that. Well, we don't have those players. We got these Miami players. We got Brad Kyle. We got Mark Walton, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we went out there. Well, we went up there to their stadium, and we put it on them. And I think we're going to do the same thing to Georgia Tech in their stadium. And, you know, just so for a quick score prediction, I'm going to go on right back to the 40s, Gary. 42 to 13, Canes roll, hurricane for life. Keep me on hold, Gary. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show and get those people up there in Alabama straightened out. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 786 now where you are live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Joe. What's up, Joe? Hey, I got, a, got? Quick, a quick a quick note, right quick, just for the guy uh, when we were, I guess, not really say he was questioning Coach Cool, but just listen to this. Justin Smith, Al- Alden Smith, Shane Ray, 
the Ely kid that played for the Panthers, Marcus Golden, Sheridan Richards, Ziggy Hood. All these guys came up from under Coach Cool, pretty much. You won. We haven't sent, but two linemen, two D linemen to the NFL in pretty much the last yeah. eight, nine years. That being said, well, that's getting ready to change. Yeah, that's no, getting I, ready yeah, to change. It's change now. And this, this is just a quick note, Gary. Let me ask you. Like, I hear him. I, I, okay, I understand the deal with Chad Thomas, right? But it's like, why not? I, it's what they're doing now, just letting the kids play in a system that they're pretty much used to. Just go get them. Get them. And this is the thing. Don't you think kids play harder when they're you playing know, for a coach more than that, that they actually like? Yeah, there's no doubt about it, but it's more than that. It's not like they hated Randy Melvin or, or anything like that. It's just it, – it, it, it's, it's, yes, it's the scheme, but it's also the technique that they're being taught every day. It's also the way they're being prepared for games and, 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 and being better prepared for games. There, there's a lot of factors that, that go into what we see on Saturdays. And uh, right now these coaches are checking all the, all the check marks off uh, you know, obviously everybody hopes they can keep doing it, uh, but they, you know, there's there's not a single negative that I can give you. Oh no, I mean I'm talking about the new staff, A1 grade one for me. I'm just saying as far yeah, as like that's the what I'm last, staff, I can't give like, you a single like, negative. Like like you hearing the uh, what's the kid playing for uh, the Oakland Raiders, Feliciano? Like when Al Golden made his statement or whatever, this and that, but he he's not. He's, he was restless or whatever the case may be. Just imagine how the fans down here felt. Just like with the kid, Demetrius Jackson. All this time he done been to UM, he said he was never taught how to play with his hand on the ground with this particular – I mean, with that particular staff. Comes in. Now, me personally, I think the kid's going to be the best. He's, he's, he's going to be a monster. And you got to think now, he only really been playing high school – well, he only been playing football maybe three years, four years at the most. He, he really played on his last year at Booker He sat out the first couple of years at UM. I think that kid there is going to be like a monster. Like, for real, he, he's going to be going to be something to watch. The linebackers, great. I just think, like, our corners, we may need to play a little smarter. No holding, no no ticky-tack penalties. And I think we're going we gonna to surprise some people this year. I, I really do. I think well, – the big test this week, this next in this next game is going to be can can Corn Elder hold up on the perimeter against the the outside run? Uh, you know, Redwine has shown that he's willing to get physical out there. Um, Colbert, if he can make it back for Georgia Tech, which I think he's got a decent chance to, uh, he, he was a career safety at Texas. He should be able to hold up physically out there. So um, you know, physicality of corners is a big key against Georgia Tech. Yeah, and I guess this, these these next four or five weeks it's gonna be the real test. We're gonna see what we made out of. So you know these first three games, okay, cool, whatever, whatever. But this is yeah, it's coming fast now. Yeah, and, and you and you you've been around longer uh, long enough, Gary, to know college football is not college football if UM's not good. And much as I hate to say this. If Notre Dame not good and Texas not good, college football is just uh, it's it's all right. But when those three teams right there are good, that's football. That's football. I'm waiting for Clemson and uh, Louisville to see who we gonna be playing. Cause I, I really think this our year. We we gonna we gonna we gonna surprise some people this year. I really do. I, I think right. we're gonna really surprise a lot of people. Keep me on hold, Gary. You got it, man. Thank you for calling in and being part of the show. 
right, another call from the 786. We'll go back out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. How are you doing? Doing good. Who's this? It's Everything 305. Checking in with you again. What's up, man? Thanks for checking in. How are you doing this week? Oh, man. Just uh, very, very impressed with what I saw on Saturday. Uh, I've always had some question marks in regards to Chad, but what we're seeing out of this kid, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm beyond, uh, beyond impressed. Um, he's playing every snap now. We watch most of the game, the film all over again, and man, he's just playing every snap. A um, whole different dude. Whole different dude. Yeah, it's just, it's, and it's, and I, I want to mention this as well. I mean, I, we've heard a lot of negative stuff about ice over the years, regardless of what it was about, what was the true intentions were. But I got to tell you. All those kids that came to UM from Booker T, you got to bet your life on it that he wanted those kids there. His kids came here. His one son, the youngest, didn't come here. But you know that, that that's a UM family. And for some of the people that you see on on on, on the, the boards not understanding, you know um, how vital he was in getting you know a Mark Walton here, making sure Chad when Chad disappeared on signing day, you know people don't realize the impact he had getting those kids over here. Yeah. It, yeah, I agree. It, it's said that he it's said that he doesn't get enough credit. He's a, the type of guy that he is much better as a head high school coach, and that's no knock on his abilities. You know, many kids, many people will tell you that Donnie was a better college coach than he was a high, high school coach at Southridge. You know, you get different versions from different people, but you definitely see the significance they've had in the community, making sure these kids have come here and helping those kids get here. And that's what I, I always just I'm, – I'm waiting for Mike to step up and start getting some of those heritage kids. We're in dire need of offensive line help. We're in dire need of athletes up there. Um, yeah, we've always been a finesse type of front. But you think about it, Gary, we've always been a great – we've always had a great passing game for all, all the years that have set up the run. Uh, and that's been UN football. It hasn't been smash North. It never will be. It's about utilizing great skilled players and throwing the ball. And when you look at the guys locally that are available that you have to get, got to keep a Navon Donaldson. You've got to get one of those kids from, from uh, Heritage, which I think is the, the kid who plays basketball. I think he'd be a great addition that would fit in nicely. Uh, we we got to start keeping our locals home. And the job that Baez has done over the past you know couple of years speaks for itself. Those kids from Gulliver have come in here and done a nice job. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not too high on the kids from, uh, from Gulliver now. The Burns running back, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't see much out of them. So he's done his job in keeping kids here. I'm just hoping that Mike eventually picks up and, and does something similar. Um, uh, last on the recruiting front, uh, in terms of running backs, he talked about looking at the kid from California, and that's kind of a long shot, and the kid from Maryland. I think he's another long shot. But uh, – are there any kids in the Tri-County area that you think their stock's starting to rise now that maybe they might have been a little overlooked in a Not yet. 17 years? Not yet. Yeah. It's early. It's still early in the season. And, and, and lastly, also uh, looking at our depth at cornerback, um, and you mentioned Red Wine. Now, he's done a pretty good job of being physical and, and holding the perimeter well. What uh, – what do you see with regards to Malik Young? I mean, how he got some playing time a little bit uh, Saturday, but do you think he's progressing? Uh, is it more of a, a lack of uh, being physically ready uh, to play at this level? 
Yeah, I mean, he's a little guy. I mean, I'm sure he's progressing and, and they're bringing him along, but uh, you, you don't want to have to throw him out there right now if you don't have to with the season getting into the nitty-gritty. I mean, that's asking a lot of a, of a true freshman who's undersized. And, uh, you know, I, I think that as long as they have Colbert and, and Redwine and Elder playing at the level they're playing at, um, I, I think that'll be the corners that you see out on the field the most. Gary, because then, they're using, Ryan makes, then, then they're, they're they're using Jaquan Johnson as sort of like a you know a nickel linebacker slash DB. So uh, Jaquan's doing a little bit of everything. I, I just I'm, I'm yeah, so and then so you, you, you take those four with the two safeties. I think those are the DBs that you're going to see on the field primarily. Is is Ryan Mays a, a little bit nicked up again? Um, he was starting to play a little bit more and, and doing well in practice early this summer and just, just wondering what his status is right now. Um, it's the same. You know, he, he's out there competing, coming along. Uh, not as good as, as the guys that are playing the most right now. Okay. Well, he seems to be a kid like just like in the mold of Mike Smith. That just They work hard. They work hard. They're loyal kids. Yeah, except Mike Smith's probably a little further along right now at his position. Good point. Very good point. But Ryan, you know, Ryan's okay. helping on special teams. He's, you know, he's contributing on special teams. Uh, you know, Gary, I heard someone mention this earlier in the week. Um, I mean, earlier last week, I forgot to mention it to you. How's uh, Mullins coming along with his development? Is he, is he picking up the scheme? Uh, how's he doing overall right now? He is, but, you know, when you come in as late as he did, I mean, how are they ever going to give him enough reps? He can't catch up to everybody else. I mean, it's it's almost impossible. You might see him on the field for a play here or play there at some point, but, you know, and he'll learn more and keep learning as the season goes on. But, you know, he's not going to learn a whole playbook. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's just it's tough, you know, and the coaches don't have time to stop everything they're doing and teach him everything that he missed in the summer and spring and – and uh, you know, early in fall camp, and uh, you know, it's just it's unreal. It's unrealistic. I mean, you might see him out there doing something at some point, but hey, I mean, he got on the field the other day. I'm not sure what he did, but he, yeah, he, he, was, he ran two routes. He ran two routes. I'm sorry that. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, they'll, they'll try to use him a little said, bit, but you're not going to use him over Barrios, over Dale Harris, and over. You know, Amon Richards and Stacy Coley and you know and these guys. I mean, you're just not. Gary, are you aware of uh, guys like Deontay? Were they able to attend all of the captain practices that are run throughout the you know late spring, early summer, and middle of summer? Was he able to participate in those things? Talking about Deontay Mullins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, he wasn't. You know, he he wasn't cleared yet, so he was able to watch some of them. But he okay. wasn't able to participate, and that's why he's so behind, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Gary, what, what do you anticipate uh, the following Saturday in, the, in Atlanta? What are, you, what are your thoughts right now? I know we haven't seen the Clemson game yet, but uh, what are your thoughts going into that game? Um, I, I think Miami's going to benefit from the extra week off to prepare. I think that'll help the defense quite a bit. You have a lot of young players playing on defense. This is a whole different offense that they're not prepared for, you know, going into these two weeks of practice. So I think with a young team that has, with so many young guys that have not played Georgia Tech before, I, I think it's going to help them significantly in getting ready to play. And um, I think Miami will do well up there. 
Well, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely going to go out there and enjoy that game. It's been a while to run out there. I like the atmosphere. That's a pretty safe atmosphere, nice and relaxed. Oh, Atlanta's great. Yeah, if, 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 anybody, if anybody wants to experience a road game that doesn't get to very often, you can usually fly into Atlanta pretty cheap. I mean, this would be a great game to go to. Uh, you know, Georgia Tech's got a real nice stadium downtown there. It's, it's you know, you'll know, you see the downtown skyline in the background, and um, their fans are, are good people. They, they treat the visiting team with a lot of respect, and uh, they got a nice little – Georgia Tech walk before the game that's fun to watch and um you know just the the atmosphere of college football and um I highly recommend uh, this game a week from Saturday if you want to make a road trip uh, you'll have a good time Well definitely Gary look forward to seeing you out there have a good one You got it man thanks for being part of the show All right 646-595-2048 646-595-2048 Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 305. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? It's Dave. Doing good. Who's this? Dave, Dave, What's up, man? What you got for us tonight? Not much, man. Just wanted to hit on uh, a couple of things, quick fire type of questions. Uh, the uniforms, uh, where where can we buy them? Do you have a link for that or uh, a website? Um. I, I would go to the official university site right now. That's probably the place to, that, that you could get them right this minute. I, I saw the they they were selling the bookstore was selling them yesterday after the unveiling. So I'm guessing they have some at the UM bookstore and stuff. So I would go to the official university site if you want to buy them today. All right. All I'm not right. sure um, you know, if, they, if they've made their way to some of the other sites yet, but uh, that, that's where I would start. All right. Um, another another topic. How about our three linebackers, man? These guys are true freshmen. Talk to me. Talk to me about how these guys are just going to build depth, you know, for the new guys that are coming in, and those new guys are going to be able to redshirt. Because I'm a big, huge believer in redshirting. That's why I don't mind if uh, Bruce and uh, Mullins redshirt. That'll be great for us too. Well, Bruce is definitely going to redshirt. There's no question about that. Um, right. Mullins, they, they've been using them. They've been putting them out on the field, so they're reaching the, the point of no return there. Oh, okay. So I, um, I guess I didn't put attention to that one. Um, speaking about but they are, but they're redshirting. It looks like they're redshirting Michael Irvin, uh, Jelani Haskins, the two, me, the two you young tight ends. The two young tight ends look like they're redshirting. Um, okay. You know, uh, Mike, Michael Irvin and, and, and Jelani Haskins. Um, all right, so you think about like guys? Yeah, not too many of these freshmen. I'm I'm gonna pull up the the list right now and and try to give you a better idea. But there's not too many of them that that are redshirting. I mean, they're using all all of them. I guess they feel they okay. you know they they need them right now. Um, you know, Amon I'm, I'm Richards is playing. Uh, Jeff James is no, probably gonna redshirt. These freshmen um, could play, man. By all means, let them out there and do their thing. You know what I'm saying? Romeo Finley is playing special teams. Um, Trey Johnson's going to redshirt the defensive end out of Orlando. He'll he'll redshirt. Um, Tyreek Martin, Mm -hmm. defensive end out of Alabama, he's going to redshirt. I mentioned Giovanni Haskins. um, He'll redshirt. Um, Everybody else is uh, Cedric Wright might redshirt. I'm not sure if they've used him on special teams. I can't remember. I'd have to look at the participation reports. Um, But. that sounds like I'll, a lot of numbers of players, though, you know? Yeah, oh, no, I mean, they, like, you know, they'll redshirt a few, but they just don't have the luxury 
of of, of you know just mass redshirting. Uh, Cedric Wright's been playing yeah. special, so so he's clearly probably not going to redshirt. Um, so Jack Allison right. will redshirt the quarterback. Right, right. So you got about five five six guys that'll redshirt. Maybe five six seven guys. I didn't count them as I was going through them, but um, you know the majority of the class is playing. Right, right. But, you know, it's nice to know that we have at least some guys back there that are redshirting and they're just going to be that much better next year. Um, and just moving on uh, from this, is the class number. What kind of what kind of numbers do you think we're going to get in this recruiting class coming up as far as total? Hard to say because we don't know what the attrition is going to be, but I'll be surprised if it isn't right around 25. Oh, right around 25. Um, and then we'll lead you to my, uh, to my next question is the, the early enrollees. I mean, how many do we have of those, you know? Um, I don't have the, that exact count for you right now. Um, I'll try to have it next oh. week. And, and, and you know, I don't, I don't have a list of of, of who the early enrollees in this in this new class are. Um, right. Um, so and, I can't. Uh, in the storm I, center, I can't. I'm sorry. Right but okay, but I'll, I'll try to get that center, was... next week. Okay, that'd be great then if you could do an article on that. And then my last deal, or not deal, but uh thing I wanted to talk about, um, you kind of touched on it earlier with, uh, with another caller, which is uh, Red One. Red One, to me, he's a beast out there. He's a little rough, but I think he's going to come around. What I'm trying to say is him versus Corn Elder, specifically versus the Georgia Tech run defense. Wouldn't you say Red One should get a little more playing time since he's a little more physical? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Hey, I remember when when Tracy Howard had to sit out the Georgia Tech game because he wasn't physical enough. Yeah, yeah. And he's in the NFL. Now. I remember that. <laughs> you know, you got to have yeah, corners that can be within that system. If you don't have a physical corners out there, you will get killed by this offense. All right, all right. Well, that's what I wanted to say. Um, I'm going to go ahead and since the last couple of callers have been predicting the score, I'm going to go with a uh, 38-17 uh, us. And uh, you never gave your numbers, Gary. Strictly numbers. What do you think is going to happen out there? You mean a prediction on the score of the game? Yep. Is that what you're saying? I mean, you know, yes, I, th- I, I think if, if Miami can prepare itself well on defense, they should win by a few touchdowns. Just like I've, I, yeah, I, I never – I, <laughs> I, I felt the same way about the App State game. I didn't understand why the spread was three and a half. I didn't think they were going to be able to stay with Miami's athletes, and I don't – Think Georgia Tech will either, you know. Some, I think, with two weeks to prepare, that Miami should be ready to go in the, in this game. And uh, there's 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 no reason why they shouldn't come out of there unless they just totally have a bad game, turning the ball over, committing penalties. Yeah. You know, those are the variables. Yeah. Well, that's a good game for us. Like I say, thirty-eight, seventeen. Gary, thank you very much. Um, yeah, no problem. And, I, and I'm going I'm to try to look up those early entries for you here in the next few minutes uh, while we're doing the show. And so just keep listening, and I'll um, I'll answer that question for you. I just don't have the list right, right in front of me. Yeah, but I'll definitely just keep me on hold, then, guys. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, let's go back to Tallahassee and uh, the eight five zero, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. How's it going? How's it going, Gary? It's Omar again. Oh, you're oh, that's right. You are you are, are you prepared this time? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit All right. uh, better prepared. Finally got finally got back to you, man. So you got the floor. Go ahead. Yeah, man. First of all, I gotta say, man, I, it's been a blessing weekend, boy, to be here. 
uh, Seminole Nation and to see them go down like that, man, oh, my God, it's been the best. I swear. I have my own brother not answer phone calls, man. I'm like, man, come on. You can't pick up the phone for me. Nobody want to answer phone calls after the game, after they got whooped. But, yeah, uh, you know, Kings, uh, man, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Gus. Do you think they'll put – you think they may be saving Gus for Florida State? Or no. you just think it just been going so good number... with, with, the, with yeah. the two and I mean, one or two? Yes. You know, there's been nothing wrong with with what Mark Walton and Joe Yerby have been doing. Thomas Brown believes in riding his top two guys. Right now, Gus is number three, uh, and yeah. so he's just he's getting he's getting the mop up minutes, and it sucks for him. I mean, he's he's a better Damn. player than that, but it just yeah, what, it is what um, it is. What year is he in, Gus? He's a junior. He's a junior. He'll he'll have, he'll have one more year after this. Okay, okay, that's good. Cause I was, I was, I thought it was a senior athlete. So man, that sucks to be. But he's a, he'll be a fifth year guy next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he transferred. Yeah, cause it's hard to get in that backfield, man. But yeah, I mean, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Coming, yeah, the homer he's getting better too. So it's just like it's it's going crazy. So what's going on? With, uh, I ain't heard nothing about Trayon Gray. He's still. What's going on with him? He's hurt. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about it. I was, I was wondering like, what happened to him? I forgot he got hurt in the summer. Yeah, that was my bad. Um, uh, moving on. I like the play of uh, our second screen linebacker, old Mike Smith. Man, he was really moving around the field that game. Man, it's my first time. He's really been, he's, he's been doing better. Pick. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to. Yeah. You wouldn't want yeah, to take Shaq Quarterman out. And and ride with him yeah. the whole game, but he's he's doing much better. Yeah, he came in and he was all over the field. I must say, I think he even made a couple plays. So it's like it's good to see that because I, I you just definitely can't wear Shaq Quarterman out with him being a freshman. And it's going to right. get to a point yeah, in that he, season he, where he might Shaq hit can't that play seven snaps against Georgia Tech. I agree with you. Yeah, because be you don't want to hit that hit that wall too early. Because once you hit that wall, it's it's kind of hard to to get ramped back up. But yeah, um, another thing about the the fullback, I think we gotta go to find another fullback to replace this um this guy. I think we can't go in high school. I think you just gotta go to JUCO like we did before because. Something fullback is a position you just gotta be developed at already. You you you, you gotta somewhat run that for uh, run that a little bit with your offense. And you can find a couple of uh, JUCO schools that still you know run offense with the fullback like we did before. So I think with the fullback, I think it's a it's a position like you were saying before. It's hard to find in high school because it's not. It's mostly one back six. So I think we definitely got to go back to JUCO for another fullback because that's going to be vital with Mark Rich offense heading on. Because once he loses his boy, he he don't look like he's doing a lot, but he do does a lot when it comes to clearing that hole up. Because I be seeing that boy, he be smashing some of those linebackers like he's ready. But um, he's a, he's a prototype fullback, no doubt. 
Yeah, yeah. I, he's he's gonna make he's going somewhere because believe it or not, it's a lot of teams that still use fullbacks in the NFL. Not many. And not many. It's not many. It's not many, but it's a it's a lot that still do though. It's, he he'll find his role because he remind me of um, San Diego San Diego fullback back in the day. His last name was Mio. He used to block for uh. The Danny Thomason, man, that man was a monster. He just loved blocking, but and that's one thing I see with with him. And kind of like Mike Allstock too, but Mike Allstock was just another beat. But yeah, he he kind of remind me of those dudes. And I I see something else with the team that I see going on, like you were saying about just coaching and the DB coach that they have now versus the one they had last year, man. I see that on the high school level right now. I, I go out to my high school, old high school, man, and I'm looking at how these kids are being taught versus how I was being taught when I came up, and it's it's totally different. I can see how it, how you you know how you teach a, a child after a loss. Like my high school team, they just lost big. I went to see how how they was gonna coach these boys up after they just lost the game, and it was just like they just moving through the motions through practice. And I think that was something that we was doing last year a lot, moving through the motions, no urgency about what you're doing and no no purpose with what you're doing. And I think that's something that these boys has really fed into this year is doing stuff with a purpose and moving with a purpose and and moving with a quickness, you know. And, and actually, it, this team is really making them play how they want to play. These boys like to play free and just go, and that's something that they just like doing, and it's working out. It's really working out, but I ain't going to be long-winded. That's all I got for now, and I'm going to keep just keep on hope. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, let me um, circle back here. Um, caller, a couple callers ago was asking about the current recruiting class and who's going to be coming in early. Um, right now on our list would be DJ Dallas, Zach Dykstra, Brian Edwards, Jonathan Garvin, Billy Gibson, Bradley Jennings, Brian Palendi, Wayneham Steed, and Cade Weldon. Those are the guys right now that we see as early entries um, in the current, in the upcoming recruiting class. Um, and I'll, I'll, actually, I'll give you another little recruiting tidbit. You know, Navon Donaldson, the offensive lineman out of Miami Central, is a, is a guy that we've talked about a lot on the show this year. Obviously, one of the I think he's the, he you just can't let this kid get away. I think he's you know the most. He, I mean, it's it's hard to say the most important recruit in the class because you don't want to respect guys like you know, DJ Dallas and Deontay Johnson and Brian Edwards. And, you know, those kids are good football players. CJ Henderson is, is another and Trajan Bandy and, and, and these guys, but uh, offensive line is such an area of need. I just, and this kid to me is one of the best linemen in the country. He's from Miami. You just can't let him get away. Um, and I've been talking about him the last few weeks on the show when he came up and been telling you guys how, He's just getting so much attention from so many big schools, and it's it's kind of like polluting his recruiting situation a little bit. But um, we did speak with him uh, earlier today, and um, what he told us is he's still pretty solid to Miami. He's going to visit Florida. He's going to visit Florida State. He's going to visit Southern California. Um, but, you know, still committed to Miami, and I, I think that that 
is, is status quo. I, I, I think everyone could feel a lot more comfortable if he would start showing up at the games. Uh, I don't believe we've seen him out there so far this season, um, you know, which, you know, to me is not a good sign. Uh, you do see the other kids out there that are, that are commitments. Uh, the majority of them who live in the area do make it out to the games. Um, you know, not sure what to make of that. Um, there also was an issue where he was wearing Florida State gloves in a game recently that a lot of people opened their eyes about that, and it, it created a lot of speculation that he might be flipping from Miami to Florida State. He told us not to read anything into that, that um, he just borrowed some gloves for that game. He didn't have his usual gloves. They happened to have a Florida State logo on them. So um, he told us not to read too much into that. Um, when I've been face-to-face with him, as I've said in the past, he's always told me that he's going to end up at Miami. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, I've said that I think it's that's one that you're going to have to hold your breath on till you get to signing day. And I still feel that way. I mean, he's getting a lot of attention from Florida State, Florida. He's going to visit USC. I don't think they're a factor. I think that's a celebrity trip. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But Navon Donaldson, to me, is a must-keep in this recruiting class. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go out now to the 678 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, what's going on? I'm doing good. Who's this? <laughs> okay, it's Jackie. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Junkie? How you been, man? <laughs> man I'm great. I'm great. And, and what all I want to touch on was, you know, the the difference and you know how the if the if is coming you know coming to pass like fruition if we had a good D line coach if we ran the scheme that fit our team if we did all ran downhill power football everything we've been wishing for the last what six years five or six years we're actually getting to see it happen and then. We still stuck in that mode where we're second guess. We'll think some people are thinking, "Oh, it's gonna be a dog fight. We'll win, but we might have to, you know, it'll be close until the third, the fourth quarter. We'll stand up, punch, they'll throw, like talk like that because we've been, you know, going through that bad coaching for so long that when we do get the four million dollar coach, if Miami spend the money, so Miami go out and spend the money, and we still second guess the money. Tell them made for what Miami does, Mark Rick. Tell them made for what Miami does, Diaz. Tell them made for what Miami does, uh, Coach Cool. <laughs> now, uh, uh, Ron Dugans, the wide receiver, was blocking downfield. Like, now Georgia Tech come in. That's a 40-point blowout, at least 30 points. And then Florida State with the uh, freshman quarterback. Now, they'll get the experience what, what, what we had the experience when we went to Louisville. Now, yeah, the defense is going to be good, Florida State defense. They may be good. Uh, Jackson just, you know, ran all over them. But I don't think we'll see a tough opponent until we play against North Carolina. And and the reason why is because the quarterback, he's a little more experienced. Yeah, but don't don't kid yourself. And they have have, all you can handle. Florida State will be plenty tough. Don't, no, don't, don't judge by their, I don't their see one it. game. I mean, they, they I don't played one game them. on the road at Louisville where they got they got train wrecked, 
but 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 let's let's be honest. I mean, if you were going to look, look at the Florida they, State schedule going into the year, you would circle that one, and you would circle a trip to Miami, and you would circle Clemson, okay, and then to a lesser extent, I, Florida. Uh, so yeah, so everybody knew that. Was, you knew it was going to be a tough game, and and Louisville's Which playing one? great football. Louisville, Florida State. I mean, Louisville, I, I, that quarterback I, actually, is unbelievable. I had to eat crow. I had to eat crow that game because I just didn't think that. Florida State will let Jackson do what he did to him. To me personally, I ate crow. Hey, but I picked funny thing about State it, he's a dynamic. Them. He's a dynamic player. He is, but it wasn't just him. And, he, and you know, he's playing for a coach that's a great offensive coach. Not the great, not a great human being, but a great offensive coach. Right, but no one saw that coming. No one saw that coming, Gary. If you were to tell anybody. If you was the best, everything you own, did Florida State would get a 60 spot put up on them? Man, people no. would have laughed at you and called you every name in the book. I, that's no, what sure, we're talking that's about. We're not talking about losing nice. to Louisville. We're yeah, talking about getting – they got beat worse than we got beat when we went to um, K-State in Oklahoma when, when we first got golden. Yep. They got beat like that. They got beat worse than we got beat when we went up to Notre Dame in Chicago. <laughs> yep. That's what we're talking about. If you were to say Florida State getting beat like we got beat by K State, we would have laughed at that. Or we would have got called every name in the book. They would have ran the message board. If I were Charles Kelly, the defensive coordinator there, if it doesn't get much better, he better he he needs to be hoping that Jimbo Fisher goes and Gary. takes the LSU or something because right. uh, Cause he won't be he, employed. The heat, the heat is on that guy after that performance. But it's not a flu, Gary. They were getting destroyed by Ole Miss. That defense can't stop nobody. If Ole I Miss understand. can't stop running, Mark Rick is going to pound the football. We're about to run over this defense. We're going to pound that defense in the ground just like we pound out state. Well, we didn't pound them, but we were honest with the run. And we kept feeding the ball. And then we were able to get our passing off, which we'll be able to do. We haven't even opened up anything. But Florida State coming to our house. The stadium will be pro- probably finished to the point where, I mean, it's sold out night game. Is in yeah. the way we're yeah. playing football, Gary. Is the way we're playing football is we're coming into what we've been wishing for for five, six, seven, ten years. Well prepared team, not killing ourselves with minimal mistakes to the point where it's like you, we're killing ourselves. Okay, we'll make a few here and there. Physical football, staying honest with the run, taking what the defense gives. A uh, uh, quarterback who who can make every single throw, the the Braxton Berrios throw and catch. That was man, come on now. That was if he was playing from the Dolphins, <laughs> you know, that could have been a Dolphins throw and catch. But we're seeing what we've been wishing and, and hoping for forever, and we got it with the defense we playing with the with the D line technique penetrating in the backfield almost every single, even the stretch run that App State was getting off. We still were penetrating the line of scrimmage, and then the cornerbacks, Redwine, uh, the message boy killed Redwine, just calling them a bomb, everything. Redwine solid, and whenever you get pass interference calls because you've been aggressive, the coach uh, take that. He got to accept that. The interception was bogus, so you know that can go either way. But we won't see a test, Gary. Mark this down now. You can, you can, Kane's junkie said it. When we play uh, Georgia Tech up here next week, that's a blowout. 
And then when Florida State come into uh, Hard Rock, we're going to – now, it might not be as bad as Louisville, but they can't stop 40. Florida State won't stop 40. And with, that, with the Francois – He's still young, and he hadn't played in the – he played in the big game Saturday, and we saw what he did in the big game, all right? He had to turn it on late because Ole Miss, they just proved to you who they are. Saturday, they had Alabama the same way. So they're showing you yep. who they really are. More so, we can say, oh, he was spectacular, like Ja'Cory Harris was spectacular up in Tallahassee in '09, and then we saw what he did against Boston College. We saw what he did against teams, lesser teams. He showed us who he really was, why is. And when they come yeah. in the hard rock. All right, Junkie, listen, we got we, 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 we to get past Georgia Tech first, <laughs> then, then we'll talk about our state. All right, let Man, me let, uh, some, let, let, me right, let some other people get out here, and then, uh, in, in two weeks we'll talk Florida State. All right, man, thank you as always for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week, and uh, we'll hit up on the Florida State game. Let's go out to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey. Gary, how you doing, man? Doing great. Who's this? Perfect timing. This is Sino305. Hey, what's up, Sino? What you got this week? Okay, so first of all, the guy that was just on the line, he knows what he needs. I, I, I've heard him make some good predictions uh, in yeah, the previous he, week. Yeah, so he's good knowledgeable. He knows what he's talking about. So it would be pretty cool if, uh, if we really start playing to that level and we play FSU. I mean, that would be amazing. That would really change the whole dynamic. Um, Got to get past Georgia Tech first. Yeah, definitely. The next thing I wanted to bring up was a couple of things. Last year, when I spoke to you, uh, we spoke about. Uh, you mentioned that we didn't have any, uh, we didn't have any um, difference makers on the defense. I forgot the term you used. We didn't have any. Uh, what's the impact word you used players. for uh, impact players? Exactly. You said we didn't have any impact and, players. You're gonna say, do we have impact players now? Right. Well, no, I'm not going well, to put it in your face like that. But what I, I'm going to say is... No, you can't put it in my face. You've played three teams that were totally overmatched, <laughs> and I don't think we can say that yet. But, Gary, I mean, Gary now, last year we, now, we, we whoa, played whoa, the, whoa, same, slow the down, same team. Slow down. You, know, you're not gonna, you can't come out of the FAMU, FAU, and Appalachian State games and start wanting to label guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. You Fair know, enough. I mean, come on. That's That's... You know, now, who are candidates who look like they might be able to, to reach that kind of status here this year? I mean, I think Chad Thomas is starting to get to that point. I think McIntosh and Norton are starting to get to that point. I think to just a slightly lesser degree, Demetrius Jackson is playing great football. Um, I think Michael Pinckney has been that type of player early in the season. Right. Uh, we'll we'll see if he can continue it. Um, you know, Quarterman to a little bit of a lesser degree. I think Cornelder has been spectacular the first few games. We'll see if he can right. sustain it when the competition gets better. Um, over on the offensive so all, side, all Mark, same... Mark Walton. Wait, yeah, slow right. down. I'm, I'm, I'm answering your question. Mark Walton, I think, would fall into that classification without question. Um, obviously, Kai is always going to be a candidate for that. Uh, Stacey Coley, when he's not acting like he's hurt, um, you know he's playing very very well and 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 making making a, a pretty darn good impact. Uh, Njoku has been you know doing well in the red zone. Uh, we haven't seen enough of Chris Herndon yet, but my point is there's a lot of guys on this team right now that are candidates for, for that type of status. But I don't think you come out of these three games as as superior as Miami's roster was to those three teams they played. 
and, and start making throwing out labels. Let's see it against the better competition okay. here over the next right, over the next few enough. weeks. So, but you see some potential impact players on yeah. the defense, not the offense. I'm not worried about the offense. No doubt the defense. No. Okay, yeah, and these are the same guys that have been on the team for at least a year. Um, yeah. And so everyone, just, and it shows it shows all of us. It shows myself and everyone, you know, all the fans who really really thought the same thing that we just really need to recruit better. That it's not necessarily just a recruiting issue. That it's really coaching, and that makes that much of a difference. I mean, you know, it's both. Like you said, every single play. Uh, I heard Rick in an interview say that um, that time that we we stopped them. I think it was on the goal line, or we 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 stopped them in a three and out. We had ten substitute players on the defensive line or on the defense. I don't know if you heard that interview. He substituted 10 players. So we had yeah. like an entire second and third team out there shutting them down in the second or third quarter. That would have never happened the last year or the years before that. Correct? Never. Absolutely not. Nope. Yeah. It was a completely different situation. The next thing I wanted to ask you about was you mentioned the offensive line and the how we got our the run stuffed on the goal line. Um, and you said that, uh, and I agree with you about the, the offensive linemen not having that toughness. Um, but what I disagree with you about is that you said that Miami's never been like a smash mouth kind of team. Um, no, we've never been like, you know, a, a ground and pound only type of team because we have athletes. So, you know, we're throwing it up to them and stuff too. But we've always had a run game, a very, very strong run game. I mean, obviously. Well, you have a strong run game athletes. now. You have a strong yeah, run yeah, game we, right now. You can be a finesse line and have a strong run game. You're just going to have okay. problems when you get in the red zone. Well, yeah, but the problem is that I'm concerned about is I don't, I mean, okay, a couple, I think, like you said, that, that 180-yard run was all Mark Walton. You know, like you, there was not much of a hole. He ran into the guy. They pretty much stuffed it, and I think they over, the defense seemed to, like, overrun their play, and, and Walton got out. But the offensive line didn't really create much of a hole. What I'm concerned about is that we don't have a good enough old line to really go far. I think if you look at the last, you know, a couple of years ago when we had Soliciano, we had Henderson, we had uh, – um, what's his name? Flowers. I mean, we had some monsters that were that were you know taking on D linemen, driving them back. We don't. Yeah, really and have and I wouldn't it. call that a smash mouth line either. Exactly, Feliciano was, was kind of good a enough. tough guy. You know, he could get down and dirty and tough. But uh, even when they had those guys, uh, you know, I'm not sure I would have called them a smash mouth line. And they had their struggles inside the ten yard line too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But also the coaching. You know, I thought maybe with uh, this new staff that, you know, they would have changed that a lot. But I, I do see a difference. I mean, well, I think our, our I, I mean, is way it, better it, than last year. It's twofold. It, it's personnel, which I don't believe they have smash-mouth personnel right now on the offensive line. Um, and it's a mindset. You know, it's, 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 it's a mindset. You know, what kind of, what kind of team are you going to be? Well, you know, I mean, I think Coach Rick wants to be tough. And he says he wants to be tough. I'm just not sure he has those type of offensive linemen. Right. Well, you definitely get, you notice that there's going to be a change in that. I mean, with uh, Donaldson coming in and then the, the LSU transfer, those two guys alone are going to help. And then I'm sure if you can get one or two more Zuko guys, it's going to make a huge difference. We'll see how it goes. All right, you got anything else this week? Nope, that's it, man. All right, man, thank you as always for being part of the show. Give us a call again uh, next week. 
Um, let's go out to the 202. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Dusty uh, DC. What's up, man? What um, you got for us? I'm trying to be as quick as possible, man. All week, all week, all week, all week, all they talked about was how App State was going to beat us because they played an overrated Tennessee team. I said when I watched the game, Tennessee can't throw it past five yards. I even called you, called in the show and said the same thing. And it came to fruition. Uh, you know, yep. like you said, we had way too many. And I want, I want to say something because, you know, uh, I agree with Kane's junkie, to, you know, with, with the majority of the stuff that he said, but you're talking about the first play when Walton broke it, right? Listen, every 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 running play is not going to be blocked perfect. That play was almost blocked perfect. What you had was the safety coming down into the box. He he pretty much knew the play that was going to come. When you line up in eye, the first play of the game was either going to be a lead or it's going to be a play action fake. So their whole thing was they knew that we were going to try to run the ball. The safety came down and he met Walton after you know one or two yards. That wasn't a bad, a badly blocked play. That was actually the safety doing what he's supposed to do. And you, you always have to beat one man. When you see Cook Fournette or Chubb or whatever, you know, breaking a long run, usually they beat one guy. And you're not going to, they're not going to block all eleven guys. It's just not going to happen. So you're going to have to break some tackles. So the, on on that particular play, I'm going to give the O line credit. They blocked that up wonderfully, in, in my opinion. Um, second of all, you know, I, I I do like I do like the run game. I like the fact that we have Rick. And our fans are suffering from Stockholm Syndrome because of the last staff and the staff before that. You can clearly t- – I understand we, we only play three, you know, cupcakes, for lack of a better word, but you can clearly tell the difference between this coaching staff and the last, even without us playing any. Because if we play Appalachian State, do you not think they march up and down the field on us just by running the ball, taking time off the clock, and we squeak out with like a 3.7 point win? That's, that's how golden in the flesh for you right there. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the coaching, I understand we got to get better, we got to keep getting better, but the coaching is, is light years ahead of where it was, you know, five five to ten years ago. Randy wasn't bad scheme-wise. Randy just didn't hold the players accountable. It was a country club. Same thing with Coker. That's why you don't hire someone from a bad Randy? Um, Randy held the players yeah. accountable. Discipline was one of the greatest things he did. Gary. Nobody, nobody very few coaches. guys got in trouble on Randy's watch. Garrett, Jacory Harris can't throw, can't throw thirty interceptions and still go back out there. Nothing behind. You 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 can't do that, Garrett. Like that's that's not. You, do you not think the players are looking at Randy like, okay, what are you going to do? You can't just have Jacory throwing the bomb at the first down. I, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't have to go on and on about discipline under Randy Shannon. I, I'll disagree with you on that, but it's fine. You're entitled to your no, opinion. No, but, uh, let's circle back to the present. Not off the field discipline, on the field, but but to keep going. Now, the coaching in the ACC, you know, save Bronco Menninghall because he did terrible. He's been terrible his first couple of games. But the coaching in the ACC has gotten light years ahead of where it was, um, I will say. And what you had was Jimbo and, and uh, Dabo getting set because there was no other coaches in the conference. What other coach would you have from the ACC under the nose? I, I couldn't. I wouldn't. I couldn't think of any other coaches I would want to have under the nose. It's Mano, definitely been upgraded. Uh, no, no question about it. And, and with that being said, I just feel like now we have someone that knows what he's doing and is, you know, on the field and in the court. Well, I can see this guy at the park with the Hopkins clubs and all that. He knows what he's doing. So the the, the gap, it's not going to – I'm not going to close this year, but the gap is going to start to close more and more and more. And honestly, 
Eric, FSU is one of the most overrated teams in the country. Now, I don't say that from a, you know, they have regular recruit classes and things like that. But if you take Derwin James and Josh Sweat away, and obviously DeMarcus Walker, you're not dying to have any of the rest of those guys in the team. They're not like 2013 where they had one of the best teams ever, you know, that I've ever seen. Um, it's just not like that. The, the gap is much, much more narrow um, now than it was then. And I think that the coaching in the ACC is picking up. you got Petrino sitting there at Louisville. So Jimbo's not going to just win every game except for Clemson anymore. It's, it's not going to happen. he got to deal with, with Louisville. got to deal with Clemson. he got to deal with us. Now, you know, this year you got to deal with North Carolina. North Carolina's not a great team, but they'll give you some problems offensively. I really think the, one of the biggest uh, improvements we have made is our offense. Our offense is helping our defense because, you know, exactly what the – Rich knows exactly what he's doing. Ty is missing. He's doing this. He's doing that. He knows how to settle them down. He can go to the running game. Running game is fine with punting. You know, the philosophy on defense actually works good with our philosophy on offense. It's a much better operation, and I'm, I'm just extremely – excited about about the coaching, about how the conference is shaping up, our run game, our defense, and everything. And also, this, this, this is my last statement, and I'll let you speak to someone else. You you, you kind of like, um, you talk about there are no impact players on this team or that team or, or on our team or, or this player or that player, but Gary, you don't know. These guys have been coached by high school coaches the last five years. We, we, we can have the, 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 the number five defense in the country. You'll never know until the end of the season because of who we had before. So I would just say, you know, when you're talking about the defensive players, you know, look at it in a different light. You know, you can't say this person's not an impact player or you can't say they are. It has to be somewhere in the middle. But for my money, Chad Thomas looks like a totally, like a totally different player for my money. Yeah, all, all I'm saying is before you put labels on any of these kids, let's let the competition get better. I, 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 I totally agree with that. And, and all yeah, I mean, is, you know, all the signs yeah, are good. Fine. There's a lot to be happy about. But, you know, people, to me, are too quick to put labels. Yeah, no, I agree. But, but this is all I'm saying, Gary. We have talent. If you don't think, and, and I, I honestly believe this, the, if we had this staff the last two seasons, we lose, we lose a combined five games, six at the most. But I think we lose two games in 14, and we lose two to three games next. I mean, you know, in 15. But, you know, everyone is so, like, even even our fans were worried about App State because of gold, the, the media pundit, everybody, because of, you know, they look at us as, you know, we're not the Miami Hurricanes, we're the, the Miami Al Golden, if you will, and we're not that. We always had the talent. You don't put, you don't have seven draft picks and go six and seven. You know what I'm saying? We had talent. We just didn't have the coach. Now the coach is catching up. So that's all I got to say. Appreciate it, uh, and uh, keep me on hope. All right, man. Thank you for um, being part of the show, as always. I don't know what that squeaking was on your call, though. I think it was on your call. But anyway, um, all right, guys, I'm going to take a minute and talk about another one of our great sponsors on Kane Sport Live, and uh, that's FanDuel.com, which is always front and center during football season for all you fantasy football fans out there. And um, FanDuel's calling you. They want to see you put your skills to the test this week for a chance to win some serious cash on FanDuel. We're talking about one-week fantasy football where you choose your contest, pick your team, and win. We're talking about contests for beginners or bigger tournaments for more experienced players. We're talking about leagues, $1, and we're setting a lineup is easy. Anybody can play fantasy football 
at FanDuel.com, and they pay out cash prizes every single week. But they've got something really special going on this week that they want us to tell you about, and that's FanDuel's Sunday Million Tournament, where they will be paying out at least a million dollars in prizes. And, uh, you know, I've been having a great time on FanDuel. I haven't cashed yet. We've got the uh, the Kane Sport League going on every week. You can um, play with other Kane Sport listeners um, at FanDuel.com forward slash Kane. And uh, I'm always in that one every week, and I've been picking out a couple others and um, made a few good picks this week. I, I actually uh, went with Ryan Tannehill at, at, at quarterback, decided to be a little bit of a homer, but I really felt like he was going to throw the ball a lot at New England, and it played out that way, and I think he earned like 27 uh, fantasy points and stuff, which you know wasn't, wasn't too bad, but uh, haven't been able to cash yet. Hopefully this will be the week, but if you think that you know fantasy football, go to FanDuel.com and, and prove it, and uh, when you sign up for your account, you hit the promo code Kane, and uh, FanDuel will take care of you. They'll give you a free entry every week for five weeks, um, which is a, a great value and, and gives you a chance to kind of get familiar with the whole way that things work on FanDuel and without having to lay out a, a ton of your own money at the very beginning. And uh, that's up to $50 in free entries. So that's not a bad deal. Go to FanDuel.com. Um, when you go to join, you click the Join Now button, and you enter the coupon code Kane. Um, they'll give you those free entries uh, to help you out. So this Sunday, come play the Sunday Million Tournament at FanDuel.com and enjoy all that fantasy football has to offer. That's FanDuel.com, promo code Kane when you sign up for those free entries, and join the rest of us and have a great time trying to win money while watching your favorite. NFL games. Thank you, FanDuel.com, once again, for being a great sponsor of Kane Sport Live. All right, 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048 is the number. Uh, we've got about an hour of show left here, so we're going to try to get to as, as many callers as possible here in the next hour. Uh, a lot of guys on the board do your best to keep your thoughts um, concise and to the point so that we can get as many people on tonight as possible. And now let's go out to the 202, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Uh, all right, man, that's not, that's not going to get it done. Let's go out to the 407. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yes, sir, that's you. All right, all right, what's going on? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is L. This is Livingston from Orlando. Hey, what's up, man? How um, you been? What, what, talk to uh, us. What you got this week? Um, I just want to say, you know, I think um, for the, I don't know, this is um, for the first time in a while, I've had, I've heard a lot more positive um, during the, um, these phone calls today. Um, but it's kind of funny. I, I will say this. It's kind of funny how... Um, People were, you know, the media and even some of our own fans, how we were so, you know, not we, because I was never concerned about App State. Um, I wasn't surprised when we beat them the way we beat them. Um, so, but everybody else seemed to be, you know, panicking. or Like a, a previous caller was saying, I think it was that uh, some remnants of, um, you know, that golden era where everybody was just thinking that we was going to, it's going to be a letdown. 
we're going to go to App State and it's going to be a letdown and we're going to, you know, it's going to be a game. Even if we win, it's going to be a, a you know, it's, they're going to make it a game or whatever or whatever. But I just, I was just never worried. Um, and I find it funny. Now that we did do what we did to App State, now all of a sudden you got people saying, oh, it was just App State. You know, but the week before, before we played the game, it was, oh, App State going to, you know, it was it was like a big deal. But now all of a sudden that we thrashed them, oh, it was just App State. They weren't nobody. They weren't no big deal. But we're talking about a team. And, yes, Tennessee, I think Tennessee is a little overrated. I, I, maybe not even a little, maybe a lot overrated. Um, I would give them that. Um, but App State is, no, is, is, is actually a pretty good team, no matter what you want to say. They're actually a pretty good team. You know, and for us to do what we did to them, I think is 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 um is telling. Um, I think our defense, I think our defense is playing very fast. Um, I will say the concerns that I have is the same concerns that everybody has. It's our O line. Um, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, what what's the deal, um, with that O line? I I don't think it's Coach Sewell because I think he's a great coach. Um, I think he's a good coach. I just think, like you said earlier, I think it's the personnel. Uh, we we need we need to upgrade the, that O line for sure, because um, we did a better job, I guess, of keeping um, Kaya, um, you know, up you know straight this last game. But the game before against FAU, oh my goodness, um, that was ridiculous. Um, but um, that's pretty much all I had to say. I mean, I just feel like I think we need to, and I do think I will say this: I do think we need to, like you said before, we need to stay even killed. I don't think we need to be overlooking teams or thinking that this, you know, we're going to be this great team all of a sudden. I like what I see, but I'm not ready to say, oh, we're some national championship team either. Um, I think we got maybe another two years before we can start that conversation. Um, I, I do think we can be the Michigan of this year, though, uh, of last year. I mean, I think we could be Michigan. Um, I think the same thing that Michigan did last year. Um, if we continue to play like we're playing and we don't get any injuries, I think that's going to be key too because we're young. We don't have that much depth. Um, so I think that's going to be key is that we remain injury-free. But other than that, I'm optimistic about the season. Um, like I always am, I'm always optimistic no matter what. But um, I'm I'm really optimistic this year. All right, cool. You got anything else tonight? No, nope, that's it. Just um, keep me on hold. All right, Earl, thanks for being part of the show. As always, let's go out to the 870. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with Gary? us? Yes, sir, that's you. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I couldn't hear you there for a second. Uh, man, it's okay. Quickly, I just had a – last year, I think the first three games, you're, you're correct. We haven't really played anybody. But the first three games of last year, we played FAU. And FAU moved the ball all across the field on us. I think it yes, just they did. It, showed, it shows where the coaching was. I remember even last year when you mentioned, uh, you know, we were asked, you know, how the D-line look, and you were saying that it didn't look good or we need more well, talent. And I, I remember and I kinda, after that game, go ahead. and, and it, I remember after that game, and it was one of the worst uh, defensive game plans and I, I remember saying it's one of the worst I've ever seen in my life I mean I think they gave up almost 600 yards in that game from what I remember FAU had like 300 yards and a half and I remember yeah. saying after the game, same <laughs> plus same equals same I remember I remember it like it was yesterday we we, we were talking on the on the show same plus same yeah. equals same and and uh you know it, it, it was better at times as the year went on but uh 
but it, you're making a great point. I mean, they were pure class this year against FAU. Right, and we just did basically, but you're right in the sense we just did what we were supposed to do. So I, I still think, and the guy said Appalachian State was, you know, we got criticized because after all they were nobody. Well, truthfully speaking, that's what we should have done. I mean, we haven't did anything out the realm that we shouldn't have. We, it's just recently, in the last few years, we just didn't do what we were supposed to do. So now that we're doing what we're supposed to do, you know, I still think we got to focus on Georgia Tech. Um, we have three freshman linebackers with, with a different scheme. So uh, you you can't overlook that, especially being on the road. Um, so I'm still kind of, you know, I take it game by game. But the one thing I do want to mention, I also want to apologize because I was the guy, I was big on Homer being the running back. But Yearby looks so much more explosive. I, I didn't see, last year I didn't see running backs like this. Um, Yearby and Walton, Walton especially. I mean, it looked so much more explosive, so much more uh, got the – I call the one-hitter quitter in them. So I think with that, you know, you are right in a sense. But I also think, too, this is my last point, is last year – you well, this year we mentioned, hey, a guy said about the, the freshman linebackers, we don't want to have them out there too much. Uh, this, last year we had seniors, the juniors, whatever, a linebacker. Where were we ranked defensively? We ranked a hundredth and something. This year we got freshmen, we're better. So I mean, to me, it just can't get worse than it was last year. It's an upgrade. We're still in better position than we were last year. So I don't see where the freshman thing would even be into it because even if you look at the top programs, Alabama always have a key freshman. Um, Ohio State usually has a key freshman. You know, they use these freshmen, and the thing is they recruit so well that the freshmen they get are pretty much better than what they had. So um, I want to, you know, I want to make that point. And I had a point on Alabama, but I let that go too, just for the sake of the time. All right, you got anything else tonight? No, no, that'll be it, man. I want to get to the main caller. You got it, man. All right, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Let's go out to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, how you doing, man? How you doing? It's Antoine do, from Jacksonville. Do, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Antoine? How you doing? Welcome to the how show. How you doing? Good, man. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I, first, I want to ask, uh, how badly hurt is Demetrius Jackson? Like, I heard you saying something about He's it. He's not. I, I saw I saw him yesterday. He, he's got a, uh, one of those, you know, rubber uh, braces on his knee just to, you know, for, for support. But he he was moving around fine. I think he'll be fine. Oh, okay, so, so he's not really hurt. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I don't think he's hurt. Okay. Bad okay. Uh, what I, another thing I want to ask you about was, uh, you know, I listened to you know ESPN and all the sports channels and all of them the predictors before the week of App, App State, and I and I don't know if anybody said this yet, but. I heard a lot of people saying that we was going to lose, it was going to be a close game, and, you know, you know, they was a lot of them were saying we was going to actually lose the game. But after we beat App State the way we did, like, it's like after that game, nobody actually said anything about us beating App State like we did. It's App State. But after they saw us, like, Tennessee's way overrated. I knew it. We, I watched them the first game. I was like, they overrated. So after – it's it's like the the national media had us losing at first, but after we did it, nobody said anything about the game. Nobody said, well, they look much better than Tennessee. Nobody said anything. Did you notice that? Like, nobody said anything about it. I know Louisville beat the hell out of Florida State, 
which is a, a, a headline. I, we didn't see that coming. But nobody said anything about it after it happened. Like, did you notice that? Like, it's like it was crickets. Every, the, the biggest story was the, the whole color guard thing at App State. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, there was no explanation. Like for, I mean, you're right. They they put a, a tight line on it, and 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 there wasn't a cut set. You're you're kind of right. Nobody say nothing. So, but, okay. But uh, what I wanted to say was, hey man, look man, um, Amon Richards. Uh, I, I hate to say it, man, but that 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 boy, that's gonna be good, man. I mean, I can honestly look at our offense, and I really don't see if our offensive line kind of get this stuff together and hold up. I don't really think. It's really a place you can kind of key on and kind of. I don't think we have a weakness offensively. I really don't, other than the offensive line being shaky. But our skill position players, like, do you see any way anybody can like slow us down if our offensive line hold up? Because I don't think so. I, I, Not I don't think so. Keeps keeps doing a good job play calling like he is. And, oh, I'm, I'm glad you said that. That led me to this. I, I mean, I he's know got Mark state. I know a Mark Rick is a really good. I know Mark Rick is a good play caller because I, I I know he called and played before Florida State. He got experience, but I saw him do something that I haven't seen in a long time, and it's like something I look for in a good play caller. He saw a successful play against Appalachian State, and he kept doing it. He did it for ten. If you're getting seven yards, ten yards in the play, you you keep doing that play until they stop it. Then once they stopped it. We went up top on him, but but he set it up by kept doing the same screen pass, screen pass, screen pass, and it made them adjust. Whereas when James Carter was here, I'm not trying to talk down on him. He would have never done that. We would have called a successful screen pass, and we wouldn't have saw that. We would, we would have never saw that play the rest of the game. Am I wrong? We would have never saw it again. Uh, yeah, like, I'm not like, gonna say that. We don't know that. Man, you you watch man, you watch that offense. I mean, look, no rhyme it, 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 for the last Mark, three or four Mark years, Rick, man. Let, let, let's put it this way. Mark Richt is a veteran coach. He's an experienced guy, a veteran play caller, and that experience should count for something. You know, I mean, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and compare compare James Coley to Mark Richt as a play caller. Uh, you know, James Coley I, has only, only did it for a couple of years, and the first time he did it was at Miami. I mean, but you, you know, but Mark Richt has been doing it for 20, 20 years. I know it. You see a difference, but I'm saying you see a difference in it. There's a difference. Um, yeah. On the defense. I mean, there, there should be a difference. Go ahead. Yeah. It, there it, should, but but that, that, maybe that's a part of our, like you said, we struggled in the red zone last year. I know Brad Kite threw that bad pick. I don't know what he's looking at. But I think you're going to see our red zone struggles not be as bad this year because of Mark's rich experience as far as play calling. I'm gonna say one more thing, and I, I, I want you to. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what football y'all been watching for the last two years, but Corn Elder is probably has been our best tackling cornerback for the last two years. Like I don't worry about Corn Elder missing tackles. He's not the biggest guy. He wasn't as big as Gunner, and he wasn't as uh, not as big as uh, 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 the guy we got now, uh, Cole Colbert, uh, but or Red Wine. But Corn Elder is probably the most willing, one of the most willing tackles we've had at cornerback in a while. And he hits you and you go down. That dude, I, don't don't worry about for all the callers. Don't worry about Corn Elder against the run. He gonna hold up. He, he he been holding up for the last couple of years, man. But um, uh, that's all I had to say, man. Um, like I said, I, I think I think we gonna beat Georgia Tech pretty good, and I think Florida State might be in some trouble. I know they gonna play us tough. 
But uh, I think we're gonna beat Florida State, and uh, you know, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna beat Georgia State by two or three touchdowns. And uh, you have a good night, man. Go Canes. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go to the eight five zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how are you doing? Doing good. Who's this? It's Rod from Atlanta. What's up, man? What you got? Yeah, I heard you talking about you're gonna be at the game next week. Uh, look forward to being out there. Got some pretty good seats over uh, on the vehicle sideline, so they should be pretty fun. Got a couple of my friends coming up from Florida that's gonna um, come to the game with me, so. Hopefully we'll meet, uh, meet a lot of the fans out there and hang out with some of the people, maybe lads be out there and maybe we get a chance to you know, meet Mr. Herman and some of those folks. So just looking forward to it, excited about the season. Uh, just want to call up and talk about the, the difference that, that, we, that we've been seeing mainly on the defense, which is when you look at the games now, it's like I'm like, what in the world was the last staff doing? You know, so – but I'm, I'm real. Um, well, you, real you, you and everybody else was saying that when they were here. So, <laughs> you know, why would it be it's any crazy, different now? Man. It's crazy. But I'm, I'm excited about the new staff, the, the way we're going to be as a crew. Now that we're back on even ground with everybody, I think we, we, can, just, we can be as good as we want to be. I, it's, I, it's a difference between when the Miami program is good compared to when the other programs are good. We on the Alabama level. When we recruit, we can, we can recruit everybody else when – when we at peak efficiency, we're gonna to be tough to beat. I think in two or three years, once once uh, Rick can get all their guys in here, we're gonna be a tough program, man. With the guys they got coming in, um, I like uh, what I've been a tough seeing program for program this uh, year before he gets guys in here. Exactly, exactly. But I, I, I was looking at um, some stats from last week. I mean, in Cozy Perry, that is in Ocala, Vanguard. I got a cousin that used to go to Vanguard, and he was telling me about um, he follows the program there. He was telling me that he's, he's breaking all the Dante Culpepper's uh, records he said in high school. So pretty excited about him, the, the quarterback group we got now, and him coming in. And um, I think I just think with the way that Rich is going to be able to recruit, not only South Florida, but in Georgia with DJ Dallas and what, he, what he's doing out there, I don't think anybody else is going to be able to recruit the South Florida area and Georgia like he can. I don't think that's just a recipe for for uh, disaster for the rest of the country. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, the only other thing I had tonight was um, I wanted to ask about uh, Adrian Colbert and Demetrius Jackson, how those guys are doing as far as injuries. Oh, I think they're both doing uh, – Colbert, I, I I think he's going to make it back for Georgia Tech. He I, he's, he's moving around. You would never know he had any surgery. And um, when I, I saw him yesterday and when I saw Demetrius Jackson yesterday, I felt the same way. Uh, he's You know, he's got that rubber brace on his knee to hold – you know, to su- provide support. And, you know, he probably had a little sprain or something. But I, it looks like he's going to be fine. Oh, okay, that's awesome, man. I think this bye week came about at the right time with – um, some of the got a little banged up, a little bruised, and I think we'll be good and prepared for Georgia Tech next week. And you're ready to host Florida State on the 8th. So I think I, I'm, I feel pretty good about the team where we're at right now. And uh, just hope we continue to improve and looking forward to the rest of the season, man. All right. Thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Let's go to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's going on, man? Thanks for um, picking up the call. Who's this? You seem a little. You seem a little. Um, it's Ross from Jersey, of course. Of course. Hey, what's up, Ross? How you doing, man? What's up, man? I seem what? I'm all right, man. 
you seem a little um in this segment, this second part of the show, you seem a little more serious. Like it's almost like you got some bad news, or you read it. Oh no, no, no! I just we, we have a we. I'm just looking at the board, and and we got a whole bunch of guys that still want to get on the show. So and yeah, no, trying I'm to just, get it all in. I'm, okay, I'm well just, let, let, just, let me let me get a couple. I'm staying, okay, I'm staying focused, and I'm just man, we're 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 just pounding it out here. So what you got? Okay, I'm just I'm just a little concerned. I'm always I want to make sure you're hyped, so I can get no, hyped. I'm in, I'm always hyped. <laughs> okay, because in the middle of the show before you you kind of got me hyped when you brought up the whole Alabama thing and how they recruit, they getting our guys, and it wasn't what I was going to talk about, but you got me so hyped. I, I got a few uh, comments about that, but before I get into all of that, let me rush through a couple of things. Just give me some give me some time. Um, first thing is um, I am happy, and I'm what one of the callers last week told you and mentioned that we was going to go up there and take care of business. And we went in there in their house, and we slapped everybody in their house. We slapped everybody and broke the, the expensive china, and left. And 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 the guy's right. When, when I looked around and I tried to see what they was talking about, nobody wanted to talk about that victory. Everybody kept their mouth shut. Everybody on ESPN that predicted us to lose, they kept our mouth shut. Was, we only had two guys in that morning show that predicted us to win. Our, our regular guys, you know, Herb Street and um the wide receiver from Michigan because he lives in Miami. You know, we say you can't pick against Miami because he lives in Miami. So, you know, we had two guys that believed in us, you know. So so I just love the fact that we went in and dominated. Now, moving forward, a couple other things. Um, the, the, the defensive lineman, Willis, um, that transferred from uh, Florida, he didn't play too much in this game. Is there a reason for that? Was he was he mixed up a little well, bit? He's running second team. Uh you know he's splitting time with Norton and McIntosh up there, and and those guys are playing really well. It's like I know they are. I know they are. But nobody's in a hurry to take them off the field. Let's put it that way. I know, but even but, when we started dominating, then when we got up, he still. I mean, I look at everything, Gary. I look at everything. I watch the game two or three times. I want to see. I'm, I'm going back and look at stuff that I missed. You know, so um, I noticed that he didn't play too much. That's just. I mean, it's not a big deal. I just noticed that he wasn't on. He wasn't on the field too much. You know, I just thought maybe you had like an insight on that, maybe something happened, and maybe no, you know they were down. Okay, I I don't have the, the snap counts, but you know, no, no nothing special is happening. Okay. Also, moving forward to Atlanta, well, you know, a couple of keys. I know we're concerned about the offensive line. Shit, if you remember, I was one of the guys that called you two years ago about you know how they rotated offensive line and how they they got these guys to be a little bit more softer than I would want them to be. Um, the key to the game for me, everybody had their little keys. The key to the game for me, um, Georgia Tech get very nervous and get out of sort when you jump on them. So let me ask you this. What do you think we wish we should do? If we win the toss, if we win the coin flip, do you think we should put our defense out there first or our offense? Because I think if Always. we go up on them early. I mean, I, I mean, coaches can't deviate, but most of them like to put their defense out there first and get a stop and get, get good field position. But I think the key is for this one, I hear you on that, but I think the key is if you go up on them early, let's say we, we, we score well, you're the not, first you, Ross, you're not trying to not go up on them early. You're, you're playing field position. So if, know, you, if, you kick the, if you kick the ball off and your kicker does the job, they're, they're going to get the ball at the 25-yard line, right? Now you're hoping to get a three-and-out stop, and you're hoping to get a punt and get the ball near midfield if you can. So it's okay. a field position game. And so you're not you're but not I'll, sitting there thinking I can still jump on them. Okay, but let's say we do. 
And let's say we stopped them on this on their first position, and then we and then we take the field goal. I'm telling you, I've been watching this guy. He gets a little out of sorts because when he gets down, he gets nervous because he know it's, his offense is time consuming and he doesn't have enough time. I think if we go up ten, we'll get them out of their game, and that's just my that's my opinion. That's just that's know, the way it's always worked. It's always worked that way in the past with Georgia Tech. Okay. Now, the part that you got me fired up about, man, you got me really fired up because this is how I feel about it. Uh, I hate the fact that every time we turn around, we're looking at guys that's playing in college football, and they got our players, if you want to say that. Guys are not from our backyard. I mean, we lost guys to, to – um, Southern California last year. We lost guys to Michigan. We lost guys to Clemson. It's ridiculous. Our old coaching staff was ridiculous. They did a ridiculous job of recruiting. Let me ask you this. You don't have to give me the answer right now, but sometime during the end of the show or maybe the next show, maybe you could tell me. I need to know, Gary, please tell us what really happened why we didn't get Lamar Jackson. I know the, I know the coaching staff was inept, but they weren't. They weren't we were looking for that type there? of quarter. They weren't looking for that type of quarterback. For starters, um, so why would you, know, you recruit I, the kid? I know, I know this kid ended up getting himself messed up. At, at, I don't um, think Virginia they did Tech. recruit him. But why, I don't think but they why recruited did you Lamar recruit? So, okay, but why would you recruit the kid that committed to Virginia Tech then, and he was committed to it for a while? They're kind of like not the kind of like the same player, but I mean, it's it's kind of like the type of quarterbacks. So why didn't we even give him a? This it's crazy that we didn't even give him a look. It tells you what was going on. We could have convinced well, that kid. I, I'm not going to knock them for Lamar Jackson. I'm not. I, I can't answer what all the considerations were. I don't know what his grades were like. I don't know, you know, if there were character issues or anything like that. I'd have to do some research on that, and I can do so, and I will, and I'll be able to answer that better for you, like maybe next week. That's or something. all I want. I'm not trying but, to make it a but, big deal. No, no, I can't. I don't know the answer, but I'll find out the answer, and uh, and I'll be able to have them more educated. If you bring it up to me again next week. I'll be able to have a more educated conversation yeah, with you about it. Yeah, it's just too much of that, Gary. Too much of our guys are spread up all over the place. Look at Auburn, the kid Davis. Look at the kid, the cornerback Davis. These are, these are guys from our backyard. We got these yep. guys that goes to Norlin and all that. I know that um, Shannon is in Florida, and that's this whole high school. That's where he went to high school. So we're, if, if, if a guy is good and we're trying to get him, and, and, and he's trying to get him, he might have a little, you know, better chance of getting that kid. But I think if we win. Guys are going to stay home, of course. But I'm saying that's where we may have the trouble with Shannon, with Norlin. But all the other high schools, you know, you made a you you made a statement earlier that all, uh, you know, Shannon was uh, a disciplinary coach. We don't want to get into all of this, but I'm trying to say he probably yes he kept him out of trouble. But he the thing that nobody brought up between when you guys were going back and forth was he did a terrible job of burning bridges. That's what nobody didn't put to light. Why he was keeping guys out of trouble. He wasn't visiting these high schools and building the, the relationships. See, I don't forget nothing. You know, I'm not giving. I don't think that's fair. I, honestly, I don't think that's fair. Hey, that, hey, that, I that, told that, you, I told you two years ago, Gary. I know, but I know what I'm talking about. I got guys down there. I'm, I'm, I'm involved with this type of stuff. I told Randy you, I failed. Know Randy failed because he never got his coaching staff right. He never was that able too. to get his coaching staff right. And he, and, but, and he also burned a lot. Wait, 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 he, he burned a lot of bridges. Because he didn't get the high schools and recruit. That's, not, that's just but, not but true. Gary, Gary, he turned a lot of people off by committing to three or four or seven kids out of one high school. And he got he, 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 he pissed off a lot of people by deciding that he was going to keep Jacory Harris out there no matter what he was doing. Okay? The quarterback competition yeah, he wasn't he even fair. Yeah, he pulled himself to the devil a little bit there. I, I don't disagree with that. 
You're right. Yeah, let's not let's not let's uh, not get let's let you know. I don't want to go too far into it, but a lot of the stuff yeah, that's going on with it now, it doesn't matter anymore. Like let's not. No, but I'm talking about the a lot of but wait, 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 wait. A lot of the stuff that coaches inherit and stuff that continue goes on with the program is because of what past guys have done. So we can't ignore that part of it either. Part of the problem why we having problems trying to build relationships now is because of stuff that was happening before. Let's get. We remember we had a terrible situation with Plant Plant High School and um, they even want us in, on their field. Now a lot of that has changed, but let's not ignore the fact that how we've gotten to this point. Or last year, I'm talking about not now. We of course we're better coached, we're better looked at, and we're moving forward. Now let me ask you this: I know we're thinking about you. I know we want a tradition. I know we wanted a traditional look. But there's a reason. Is there a reason why they kept the U? Why we couldn't put the U sign at the neck or the jersey? Why couldn't we put the U sign I at the know. neck? I have no idea. You think I'm nitpicking? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the jerseys are. Fun. I just, I just always want somebody to know. I hate this. You get along with the net. Going off on all these crazy topics, and and we got a board full of guys. That's so, fine. All right, man. I'm just passionate, and, and and I got a prediction. If we go up by ten. And they can't, and they got to come out of their offense. We'll beat them by three touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. All right, fair enough. Georgia Tech talking to all these other guys. And go Kings. All right, man. Keep me Give on us hold. a call, Nick. Right. You got it. Let's go to two three nine. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? What's going on, man? Who's this? <clears throat> this is Coach Joe. Hey, what's and up, I got Coach? A couple of- What's up, big guy? Listen, a um, couple of things I want to touch base, and I'll make it quick, man. You know, new coaching staff, you know, I'm a big, big Rick fan and so forth, but I kind of had not this exact same excitement because it's a community and so forth, but there's still a caution side of me. A couple of your callers before, you know, said that, that you know, some people were worried about Appalachian State. I was one of them, you know, because we usually failed, um, you know, National TV, ranked undefeated, you know, we would we would fail in situations like this. The new coaches have things things have changed and it's a change of culture. The culture has changed in general. The non quitting, the fight to the end, our guys running and finishing plays, um, you know, the, the elder uh hurting the the running back from Appalachia State, took him out of the game because he ran like sixty, seventy yards to catch him from behind, pound him, yes, in the end zone but he still pounded on top of them and, and hurt them, took them out of the game. So, you know, the whole culture has changed and, 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 and so forth. And the future looks bright with, with other, you know, uh, freshmen that we have and so forth. But there are still some concerns. Uh, the level of competition, like you have mentioned, and, you know, we're, we're passionate fans and, and we believe in our team and we haven't had hope for four or five years now. And, you know, the Clemson game just killed us. So I can see why we're really, really excited, and I'm one of those guys. I'm excited, but there's still caution to the wind. The level of competition, you mentioned how many two-, three-star um, kids from Appalachia State. When we're competing, um, you know, Georgia Tech, I would imagine, had the two- or three-stars, very similar, maybe lucky, a couple, you know, four-stars. But when we start, you know, competing with, with the elite teams, the Florida States, um, I wouldn't throw Notre Dame, but the Florida State, that's the only, you know, the Clemson, Louisville, I think right now this year, that level of competition who have the, you know, four- and five-star kids compared to what we have currently right now, and, and yes, we're excited, great coaching staff, 
um, you know, three linebackers, freshmen. Everything's going good now, and we're all, you know, we're all singing and we're all loving each other. But we still need to be so cautious in the wind because of lack of creativity in offense is a concern for me. Granted, I hear, well, we don't want to show so much. You know, he's, he's saving himself. He doesn't want to show his cars, meaning, you know, meaning Rick, Coach Rick. But there is still some concern because it is kind of a vanilla offense. Um, a couple callers before mentioned Coach Cooley and, and the play calling and this and that. I thought Cooley was pretty good scripting the first 15, 20 plays of the game. When he had to make the on-the-fly decisions, things changed a little bit. Um, you know, Rick, I'm not going to second-guess Rick, you know, but uh, plenty of, you know, success being offensive coordinator at Florida State and then for a little while in Georgia. But still, the, the, the vanilla offense and not clicking on cylinders, you know, and Kai is a great quarterback, but I do see something a little bit different. I don't know if it's Kai's confidence. I don't know. You know, he had a good successful game, uh, game this past week, but there's still – it doesn't seem like we're clicking on all cylinders. Offensive line, there's a concern. I, I think our, our – You're not, um, not our, yet. Our, no? But, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with still having improvement left to make in the third game of the season. You, you know, you, ho- you hope you get better every week as the year goes on and that you're playing your best in November. So, um, no, it's not perfect yet. The O-line can certainly do better. The, the, the running game, as you saw, struggled a little bit last week, and they had to rely on the passing game. And, and, and the passing game, which had struggled a little bit um, in, in the FAU game, was better last week. So, um, yeah. You know, there's signs that they can do everything, and that they're, you know, they're, they can, they're, they're versatile and and can adjust to what a defense is doing. And uh, but they should keep getting better. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And we couldn't ask for a better beginning of the season with, uh, you know, with the follow-up games, the tune-up games, so to speak. We didn't have an, op- you know, we didn't have to open up with a tough Florida State for the first game, or or you know, or whatever the case may be. So we were blessed for the first three weeks to, you know, to, to, to kind of have stepping stones uh, to get more experience and so forth. So I totally agree. But there is a concern, you know, the tight end not getting involved. Burials with a spectacular catch, an amazing fingertip to strength catch on the ball and still keeping him bounce, not getting him involved. I would love to see him getting a little more catches. Uh, the defensive scheme, I love the aggressiveness, you know, high risk, high reward. And our speed compared to what we've been facing um, you know, has really dominated. Tackling has been better. The physicality, the non-quit that I mentioned earlier, the fight to the end, um, and that culture of just giving it your all. Love it. Love it. Special teams. All right, man, you got, you, got, you, got, you got anything else this week? I'm yeah, I got a couple questions, actually. No, 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 I apologize. That was long-winded. Okay, shoot. A couple questions. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Shoot quick. Yep. Okay. Uh, Jukos and any, any uh, junior colleges, guys that we that we must get i'd love to see some information up about that don't know at this point you know those guys will emerge during the season and you okay. know they'll be evaluated based on how they play in during the season so you know maybe maybe okay. another you know month or two you might get a juco or two emerge okay okay good and then out of the total active players versus how many players play do you have that number uh no i don't I apologize. I have the info. I just I'd have to count them up, and I can't do it while I'm doing the show. Uh, um, no you know, we, get, we, we get a participation report every week. But, I mean, they're playing most of the guys that aren't redshirting, put it that way. Gotcha. 
All right, man. Well, great that, show, no, like always. It'll, it'll tighten right. as we go forward. I don't think you'll see quite as much, but, you know, it, the first few games they've been able to play a lot of guys. All righty, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Let's go to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Who's this? Hi, Gary. It's JJ13. Um, wanted to compliment you on a great show. Uh, good information online. Um, <clears throat> had a question, or actually two. I wanted to find out from you. I know it's a little bit early. Um, what do you predict after Miami goes through the brutal stretch of October? By the end of October against, uh, what is it, um, Florida State, Tech, North Carolina, and I believe Notre Dame. <clears throat> what do you think or how do you predict they'll shake out record-wise during the month of October? And I know it's a little bit early. I mean, reality. I, I mean, I think if you if you said if they can go two and two in the month of October, that that would be pretty good. Um, I think that this team has shown up so good the first three games of the year that that's going to inspire everyone to dream a little bit higher than that. Um, you know, I, Notre Dame has struggled a little bit early in the year. I still think going to South Bend is going to be a bear. Uh, that's going to be a very tough out. Um, I still think that that Thursday night game at Virginia Tech is going to be an absolute nightmare because you've only got uh, five days to prepare for it. You've got to go on the road, which means you really only have four, four days to prepare for it. Um, that's going to be a challenge big time. Uh, you know, I, that could be a little bit of a, of a trap. You know, I still think, even though Florida State struggled last week, that that game is going to be an absolute bear, obviously. Um, you know, North Carolina is, is going to be a very tough out. You know, you've got tough games here, you know. And so, you know, I don't know. I mean, reality is probably you're hoping for two and two. I don't know that this team's ready to compete for the national title and go, you know, go 4-0 or 3-1 or, or whatever. But, you know, you, you, go week, you just got to go game by game. Just enjoy it. Don't, don't try to figure out where you're going to be in November and December. <laughs> it is just you know seriously I'm I'm mean, I'm being serious it's like this is a fun team great <clears throat> kids good coaches they have good chemistry they have a chance to win every game they play I I mean you know how many teams go undefeated I mean they're not going to win every game more than likely so just in, I would say yeah. enjoy it these are going to be exciting games you got some good teams that that you're going to play and it's going to be fun it's <clears throat> going to be competitive and it's going to be fun uh, and then one other thing that I was wondering is, why do we need to predict well, seriously why do we need to predict where they're going to be in November I mean it, you know it, it, it's kind of you know kind of fun before the year starts but I mean when you've seen what you've seen these three weeks like why try to predict just go week by week yeah and this I mean well also you know this like everybody's saying this is where the rubber meets the road about you know we'll find out what is the team really made of but no Every everything week. is trending positive the only, the only <clears throat> gimme I see on this schedule is Virginia. I think wow. every one of these games. Pitt is a dangerous team. You know, Duke is Duke is kind of shaky. You know, that that might end up you know being closer to a gimme than you know. But Virginia is the only team that I think is going to be totally overmatched. I mean, even you look at that road game at NC State. I think you know that can be tough. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many variables, injuries. You know, so I I would just advise everybody just to enjoy the season, man. You got to we have a you know there's a good team here, good coaches. It's going to be fun. One one other question I had about Coach Rick. Um, I mean, this might be going a little bit back to when he was at Georgia, but 
uh, one of the things I was thinking about is like, just in general, how is he as far as like making halftime adjustments? Like, let's say, I mean, I know right now Miami hasn't really been behind at all, but like earlier when we were talking about uh, Miami's game versus Florida State, and some people, you know, were speculating saying it should be a gimme now that Florida State's gotten blown out. One thing that I know about uh, Jimbo Fisher, you know, when he had Jameis Winston and you know, some of the better teams in the past years, he was great. At, they would be down at halftime, and they would go in and then come out in the second half on fire. So that's something that does concern me, and I'm wondering about, just in your opinion, how has Coach Rick been about halftime adjustments? And, I mean, I know with Miami, he hasn't had this to make all any yet. <laughs> hasn't had to make yeah, any. Right. You know, until they go into halftime down, you know, or struggling or whatever, we can't really even have a conversation about that. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a good year. So uh, thanks for um, for taking my call, Gary. Appreciate it. And great show. You, you got it, man. Yeah, give us a call again uh, next week. And uh, it, it is going to be a great year one way or the other. It's going to be a lot of fun. No no question about it. Let's go out to the 318. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? <clears throat> uh, what's going on, Gary? Gary? This is Port City. This is Port City Kane. Out in Shreveport, hey, Louisiana. But I, I – yeah, go ahead. Don't Gary. start talking to me about that about that bowl game. Okay, I'm not gonna talk about the bowl game. Wait, I'm just gonna I, tell you, I, 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 we we should I know, I know. You know, I'm just saying. You know, I listen. Hold on, let me say this, and I'm gonna hurry up and get through. I listened to a little Angie Stone today, and I do feel like the sunshine has come and the rain is gone because we we're doing pretty good. And I'm just saying, we're doing pretty good. The fan base is excited, but what I was so excited about was the same thing that we've been seeing all these weeks. I seen Mike Smith out there putting the leather to them guys. You know, and yep. you seeing players that you didn't even think would contribute putting the leather to the to guys. And then the most important thing that I saw on the offense was how aggressive and how uh how dominant we were on third down. These big plays were happening on the money down. You know, and when you're going out there and not just playing the chains, but you're going out there and you are uh, being aggressive and, uh, and and doing the things that you need to do in order to push yourself forward. It's been a long time, and I mean a real long time, since a Miami team have went on the road and gave a crowd the Miranda rights. You got the right to remain silent. When they, when they came out there, they came out there with such aggression to where they they created a silence. And and I want to say this. We all are saying, they're just three games. These aren't big teams. They aren't this. They aren't that. But when you get in a knife fight and you can overwhelm somebody with a butter knife and they got a machete, then you're doing something because you got a vanilla offense and you just basically asserting your dominance and saying that, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to show you the separation between where you at and where I'm at. And when you can do that, you know, you got to be consistent and do what you're supposed to do first before you can do things that you're not supposed to do. And another thing is, I'm going to say this right here. It wouldn't surprise me at all if we did something that nobody else thought we could do. Because once you start believing that you're, that you're special, then you can do special things. But if you just say, well, oh, well, we're going to do good these first three games, and then all of a sudden, once we start to get into the rest of it, 
then, you know, once we start to get into these games where it's more parity, the teams have uh, the same type of talent or better talent, then we won't be able to do it. But it just it just like this. You got to believe that. The, the next thing, and I'm hurrying up getting off the phone, but the next thing is money is a tool. It's a tool. And clearly we need to tip our hat at Blake James for negotiating the deal with Adidas, for using the finances that he had to get the type of coaching staff that we needed. Because to be honest with you, in the last coaching staff, it was like it was like it was in a lot of cases it was they were good people, real good people, but they didn't have the depth of experience and it's almost like amateur night compared to what we got now. Because you got people that at these positions like Coach Cool, like the running back coach, like the rest of them, who are experts at what they do and not some guy who played D B and I'm trying to coach running backs. These guys here are experts, and when you get experts, you're seeing the results of our players being exposed to experts, and they're playing better. But just like I say, anything can happen once you get some confidence and some belief in it, and it doesn't matter who you're on the field with because all you got to do is be better than them that day. You don't have to be better than them always. You got to be better than them that day, and you got to be blessed with good health, and not having injuries or anything like that. But I want to just say that everybody is kind of excited because especially when you see guys like Chad Thomas being a five-star recruit, playing five-star ball, and finally being the 4-3 defensive end that he should have been in the first place. And that's all I got to say, Gary. We're just excited. I'm going to try to make the game down at Georgia Tech, but we're excited about what's going on and make no mistake about it. You know, what we've seen is reality. Now, we might have another dose of it when we get into the next part of that schedule. But when you get down to it, if guys like Njoku, if guys like Kaya, Berrios, Amon Richards, if they show up big, it doesn't matter who you play. You know, you only got to be better than them that day. That's all. And uh, that's all I have. And you can put me on hold. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Another guy I think you got to give credit to is Stuart Miller, the head of the Board of Trustees, who told Blake James not to worry about the budget, that the university has the athletic department's back, and will and, and that Miami Athletics needs to go do what it needs to do to get the football program funded properly and running properly, and that's what they've done. Uh, let's go out to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing great. Who's this? Hey, this is Atlanta Kane. Hey, what's up, man? Come hey, and see how you. Hey, how you doing? It's good. Hey, hey, hey. Well, good. no, actually, you're not. Um, unfortunately, my wife and I, we just recently moved back to Florida, where we're from. You ever heard of Port Orange? Uh-huh. Oh, you're back in Florida yeah. now. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I moved to, we moved, yeah, we moved to Port you Orange. You've got to change your handle. I know, and i got to get in touch to learn how to do that. But we're about six miles south of Daytona Beach. Um, if the ACC Games comes to Orlando and... We win the division. I'm going to be there. It'll be a great, it'll be a great venue. So, anyway, this is, this is a great show, and thank you for putting it on. Let me ask you just a couple things real quick. Um, on that interception play, two things. Go back and look at that interception. We had two guys in white jerseys behind Williams in the end zone. Um, unfortunately, Brad missed them. One of those guys was, was yeah, they Njoku. Sold that. They sold out on the fullback. I know, they did. I know it. I know, but Njoku, that kid hustled just like Elder did on the touchdown. Njoku yep. caught that kid 60 yards down the line, and that's a darn tight end. That was a heck of a yep. play by that kid. Um, Coach Cool, people are going to come after him when they see what he does to our defensive line. 
you think we can hold not, on to him for another year? Can't. Yeah, absolutely. He's, they're they're paying him, I think, six hundred thousand dollars. I mean, right. you know, I I mean, unless someone's going to make him a defensive coordinator, I don't think they're coming after him. Yeah. Oh, good. That's good. I hope we can hold on to him. Just two more real quick things. I know a lot of people squawked about Miami going to App State. Check out this real quick about games this weekend. Louisville, number three, is going to play at Marshall, Conference USA game. Uh, Vandy is going to Western Kentucky, Conference USA team. Number six, Houston, is playing at Texas State. I don't even know what conference they're in. And then Mississippi State is playing at UMass. Um, I can't imagine uh, Dan Mullen going to Boston for recruiting. And just uh, just the last thing is, uh, folks, I hope they don't don't sell Georgia Tech short. They've got some athletes on that team. You know, I agree. And from, you can't sell anything. And from what I've been hearing, yeah, you know, from what I'm hearing tonight, people think it's going to be like an App State game. Um, you know, you hope so, but I wouldn't sell them short. Uh, they got some athletes on that team. So, listen, yeah. great, uh, great show. Thanks so much. Let me let you get some other people on. Thanks again for everything you and you your staff do. Yep. Hope to talk yeah, to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Yeah, do it again. Give us a call again soon. Let's go to the 803. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. This is Eddie from South Carolina. How you doing? What's up, Eddie? What you got for us? Not a whole lot. I'm actually from South Carolina, but I'll be in Atlanta more than I actually be home. Um, the reason I called in, you would be surprised how the radio host on the sports channels up here, even today, they just throw backhanded comments at Mark Rick. Like, the same thing that we say about Golden, they're kind of saying about him. Like, um, under Mark Rick, they might not have won the North Carolina game. They might not have won the Missouri game. And I mean, they barely beat Nickel State, and it's it's not even like they Mark forget. Rick was calling. Well, it's not it's not like Mark Rick was even calling the offensive plays for the last four or five years in Georgia. He was burned out. I mean, he he's got a new vigor. You know, it's just it's totally different. But I mean, you would just be shocked. You know, I don't know. But um, <clears throat> my only hope for them to be as good as what we all think they are is that the schedule has played it out perfect so far where they can get the young wide receivers like Amon Richards up to speed. Well, now he's a threat. He's just as big a threat as Coley. And they, I don't think they've showed a whole lot. No two-back sets. Uh, I don't think they've even had two – have they had two tight ends at the same time in? Some, but but the bottom I mean, the bottom the line is they're, they're, they're scratching the surface of what they'll do as the season goes on. Right, a lot, a lot of the stuff that the coach was talking about before the season started. They, I mean, that you asked him, he didn't want to talk about it, but you asked him, so he had to. I mean, they haven't used a lot of that stuff. So I mean, maybe it just works out perfect. So when you know we get to the big boys on schedule, you know everything just lines up. You know, right now I think it's a tropical storm. It's you know, but yeah. hopefully well, the, a lot coming, of these games—they're going to be tough games, right? Yes, I you know, you, well, you know every game's not going to go like the, the way the first three went, obviously. Right. Well, listen, I just wanted to call in and you know let everybody know you know they were actually saying that up here, and it's just—I guess it's just a point of view. You know, they have a new coach, but I mean, they—that they, was Nickel State. They played second week, right? They barely beat Nickel State, and they're just bragging. Kirby Smart up, and I mean, Mark Rick is calling plays for Miami. He hadn't done that in, I think, three or four years in Georgia, you know, but yeah. whatever. Well, that's all I wanted to say, but just leave me on hold, please. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. 
Let's go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Who's this? Adam. What's up, Adam? What you got? A couple things. One, I know we blew out App State, which, which shocked me because I thought it'd be a lot closer, especially what everybody said. But even though we have two weeks to prepare, was playing App State actually good in preparing us for Georgia Tech? Because they ran a I lot of so. like option and things like that. But obviously, more, not more, I think more than level. more than that, even because they didn't run a ton of option. I think more than that was they play physical football and they play hard. And I think that there's been a good progression here this season in degree of difficulty and, and, and getting these guys ready for what's coming down the road. And, and the, the greatest thing that App State did for Miami was play hard the entire game. Okay. So um, I saw at the end they put in Romeo Finley. Do you think he could progress to that next great safety? Not like maybe way like a Kenny too, Phillips. Way too soon to make any kind of comments about that. I mean, he's you know he's just the I mean, freshman. How's he looked in practice? He's looked okay in practice, but is he ready to be compared to Kenny Phillips? No. <laughs> well, I'm thinking because like Kenny Phillips as a freshman was. Like one of those one had, million. He, so I was asking if there were any of those. He, he had what? a play because they need to play, right? From what I remember, um, they don't need Romeo Finley to play this year. I mean, he's going to play mop up minutes. He's going to help on special teams, and that's his role for this year, unless there's injuries. Okay. Um, and a couple more quick things. One, are you surprised that Amon Richards has burst onto the scene like he has? Not at all. You want to know why? Not because we, we, we knew he could run. We knew he was, he was fast and was going to be a good receiver. The reason I'm not surprised is I went to his signing day ceremony and had a chance to spend some time with him on and get to know him a little bit. And I can't begin to tell you guys how impressive this kid is and how mature he is and how well-spoken. And uh, I mean, no, I'm not surprised at all he's having success because he's a high-character kid and he's going to work hard, and he's going to learn the playbook the way he has. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a quarterback that can get him the ball, and he's got athletic ability. So, no, I'm not surprised at all. Now, I think it's going to come tougher as the the, the, the season goes on because, you know, he's not going to surprise people. They're going to see what he can do. Uh, teams will get more physical with him, I'm sure. And, you know, he's not real strong, and he needs, to, he needs time in the weight room. And, I mean, you're just – scratching the surface with Amon Richards. I mean, he'll be a way better receiver a year a year from now and then two years from now once he develops as an athlete and, and, and you know, gets in the, in the uh, strength and conditioning program for a longer period of time. But, no, I'm not surprised he's having an impact as a freshman, not at all. Okay. Uh, and the last thing, um, I'm actually pleasantly surprised at our DBs. I mean, Redwine should have had an interception. I don't think that was pass interference at the end of the first half. Even Michael Jackson, I think, is his last name, has looked okay at least. Yeah, as long as you don't get I mean, him in the speed game, he'll be fine. So, you know, if, um, if he has to guys be, to run four, that's when he's going to have problems. Will he be fine, like, against Georgia Tech because you need to, like, fight through those blocks with the option? Yeah, he might be. He might be able to help him. He's a bigger corner. Okay. Well, thanks for taking my call. Have a great rest of the show. Thank you Thanks. for calling in. All right, final call of the night. Let's go out to the 757. Five on Kane's Live. What's up, Jeremy? Who's this? 
It's Kane. Kane, man. I've been on this journey phone for 820. I don't know what happened, oh, man. man. The one job yeah, dog. So I'm so glad we got to you, man. We, I, hey, man, it, it, it's going to be quick, baby. It's going to be real quick. You know the best thing that happened to the universe. The best thing that just happened to the universe for him to win. Forget the running backs. Forget all the players and the coaches. They're getting rid of them ugly-ass bird uniforms. Thank you, Jesus. I love the new uniforms. They are so awesome. I ain't, I ain't got to buy one. I will, but I've seen them online. I don't know if you did it. Somebody paid them to do it. But Adidas, they just got props from me. But them things were ugly. Them things were ugly. Man, I do not like them at all. They were totally ugly. I know you agree you like them new ones too. Don't you, Fred? Yeah, I like them. I saw them up close okay. yesterday. They're they're they're, they're nice. They're saw nice. Them up close and, and, I like and them. And those are the ones we wear for Florida State, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, you know, I ain't got too much more because it's late. Other people want to get on. I ain't got a whole lot of nothing to say. But hey, I love the uniform. Let's keep winning. FSU, let's see what we can do. And like you said, too early to be talking about who's doing this and who's doing that. Because, okay, I did say Cap State would be a close game. I thought it would be. Okay. They didn't make it close. We did our thing. So be it. Till next Tuesday. Peace out. Enjoy your weekend. I'm out. Hell, and tell the Dolphins win a damn game. Please. Oh, my. They kill it. They kill him again. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, Kane Kane. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for hanging in there on hold for so long. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Here's what I'm going to do. We didn't get to, uh, to you know, I, I didn't want to deprive anybody of their of their voice. So um, we didn't get to the, the questions and topics, or, or at least some of them, uh, like we normally would. And, and I don't want to just burst through them right now in two minutes. So w- what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll the ones that we didn't cover during the course of the show over to next week. And then, of course, I'm sure we'll have some new ones next week and uh, we'll try to cover them on next week's show we won't have a game to talk about um, so we can uh, have a lot more topical conversation than maybe we had this week but uh, great show you've got the uh, indoor practice facility unveiling coming on Friday um, about 5 5 30 in the afternoon be on canesport.com we'll provide you with tons of coverage of that and take you inside what's going on with the indoor practice facility um, off week this weekend. Enjoy watching football. We'll meet back here next Tuesday night at eight o'clock for a new Kane Sport Live. And uh, like I said, we'll uh, we'll go through some of those topics that we didn't get to this evening. So I want to thank FanDuel.com and Harry's for sponsoring Kane Sport Live. FanDuel, you you go sign in. You use the coupon code Kane C A N E, and they'll give you five free entries in beginner contests. And uh, remember, they got that big Sunday Million Tournament coming up this weekend, so this would be a good week to to get into FanDuel.com if you're not already. And then, of course, there's Harry's Razors. And uh, can't tell you how good of a product they put out, and and Harry sent in this great offer for you guys to get free stuff and try out his products for free. You're just going to have to pay the the small shipping charge. Um, You use the coupon code CANES there. They'll send you a razor. They'll send you a, a sample blade. They'll send you a sample shaving cream and, and some sample um, aftershave bombs. So that's a pretty darn good deal there um, to test out Harry's products as well. Uh, so thanks again to everybody that called in. Hope you guys enjoyed the show as much as I did. And we'll see you again next week. 